You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Oz Network. As we come to you today for a very special episode of the show, an interview with someone. It uh, seems to do these not as much as we uh, would like to do outside of the Survivor realms. But uh, big pleasure today to be able to say that we are sitting down with John Hensley, best known for his role as Matt McNamara on Nip Tuck, of course, one of the three main shows that we sort of have gone back in time to recap every single episode. And this is an absolute delight to be able to speak to John about his time on the show uh, and just kind of hear so many good stories in regards to his time working with, obviously, all the cast, Ryan Murphy, and just just some great things to hear from here. And uh, I thought I would just jump in here quickly before we get to the actual interview because it's quite a long interview, a couple of hours long. It's myself and Nick uh, putting the questions here to John. But just for those of you out there who are listening to our Nip Tuck coverage and kind of going on week to week and don't want to be spoiled on some things, I thought I would just forewarn you that this will contain spoilers post-season three and, of course, during season three. Because at least at the time of us releasing this, we are only just uh, not even halfway through season three in terms of the release date, even though we've obviously recorded a few more of these that we just haven't released as of yet. So I just thought I would come in here and just warn our listeners who are listening to our Nip Tuck recaps in order, who maybe don't want to be spoiled, that there will be elements to this interview that will contain spoilers. Uh, So just forewarning you, if you don't want to hear this and maybe want to listen to this post uh, all our episodes that we post of Nip Tuck or just uh, want to kind of know that there will be bits to skip through, sort of, you know, as we we kind of go in order in terms of talking through each season uh, of Matt's storylines. So uh, just forewarning you, but outside of that, it's a fantastic interview. Really do hope you do enjoy this. Our chat with Nip Tuck's John Hensley. We're here for a very special episode of the Oz Network as we take a bit of a detour on our uh, recap series of Nip Tuck to bring you a special episode purely of that. We've, We've constantly mentioned along the way that it is our desire to speak to the cast of the show and get some inside stories and viewpoints and everything else in between. And we are absolutely honoured that we can bring that to you today in order to get some of these stories and find out a little bit about a character who, well, there might be a hashtag about them and there's a lot sort of going along in terms of uh, their storyline. Before I introduce him, I want to, uh, of course, welcome here to this episode uh, my partner in crime when it comes to nip-tuck coverage, New Zealand's number one nip-tuck uh, expert, uh, Mr. Nip Chester. Nick, uh, well, welcome back. We don't generally introduce each other. We kind of have our own thing here, but I just felt we didn't really have a quote for this one, did we, Nick? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very much the, um, the. Well, am I the Sean or am I the Christian of this? this? I'm, I'm going to be the I'm Christian. Christian. Get stuffed. I'm Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, uh, I'm Australian. I'm closely, you know. Uh, anyway, uh, it's good to have you here. Um, this is exciting. I, I, I feel like we just need to introduce uh, our guest here, and we can kind of get along with it. But. Uh, yeah, we, we've obviously kind of brought up a bit of a hashtag poor Matt uh, along the way when it comes to a lot of the storylines that are going on. And at least at the time of recording this, we're kind of halfway through the journey and I feel we haven't even gotten to the real juicy stuff when it comes to hashtag poor Matt. Uh, played uh, on the show for four, uh, six glorious years. Or I don't know why I'm saying four. Uh, and one of obviously the four that I think I was thinking of is one of the four main credited cast across all six seasons. Do of course speak of Mr. John Hensley, and he's with us now on the program. John, thank you so much for joining us on the Oz Network today. 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm thrilled to be here. Did you ever imagine that when you first accepted the role of Matt that you would one day be being interviewed by an Australian and a New Zealander on a podcast about this role? I can <laughs> honestly say I would not have dared to hope. <laughs> it uh <laughs> No, it's super cool, man. Are you kidding me? I was I was thrilled that that you all reached out to me, and uh, it's uh, the fact that you've taken time out of your lives to to revisit Nip Tuck and and dive into it in the way that you all have. Uh, I'm I'm super excited to be here and and talk about talk about any and all of it. Although I have to say to your listeners, just so that everybody knows, anything I say is purely my opinion, and uh, it's been. A number of years since Nip Tuck's uh, been on air, so I might be hazy. So you all may have to remind me about a few things. But um, yeah, man, I'm I'm super pumped to to talk about any and all of it. I'm thrilled to be here. It's it's fascinating. I think kind of when we we looked into kind of doing some of these interviews and things about the people that you know, obviously who we'd love to get on the show. But um, I think kind of just in terms of development of a character sort of outside our you know belovable duo of um you know sean and and christian that kind of i I feel matt has you know the most unique and interesting sort of ride along the way because i think as we're slowly discovering at least the point where we're recording um you know julia sort of uh kind of disappearing slightly and obviously i know she kind of goes a little bit away in some of the seasons later on but I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know, Nick, in terms of yourself, like when we sort of were talking about this, if you were thinking like, you know, out of the ones that we want to get outside the duo, I think that, you know, John Hensley, here he is, uh, would maybe be the most interesting one to talk to. Yeah, totally. And I, I think probably, um, John, because I think, you, you know, you're one of the ones that's kind of um, credited for, for every episode of the show. So, you, you, you know, the Matt character is really critical to the show. Um, and, you know, it's easy to kind of just talk about it being Sean and Christian. But obviously, a lot of the drama kind of comes through their relationship with you, obviously that, that kind of season one, two storyline about, you know, Matt's parentage and all that kind of thing. So, I mean, how much do you kind of look back on this, this whole thing, you know, kind of 10, 15 years later and, and, you know, what do you kind of think of the Matt character kind of going back and and thinking about it now? Oh yeah. I mean, so much, I mean, look, well, first of all, with regard to Matt and sort of his, his, his role in the show and in the story and in the arc of everything. I mean, one thing that uh, Dylan and Julian would say to me, you know, kind of often throughout the show is they, you know, they'd sort of be like, man, you've got, you've you've got the greatest character to play on this thing, you know? And (laughs) and I, and I, and I really felt that way because every season it was kind of like playing a different character who just happened to have the same name. You know, it was like, you know, this, this kid was so twisted and, and, and had so much stuff going on that, you know, as you all probably know, for, for a lot of folks that work on series, um, you can sort of fall into like a, a routine almost. And you, you kind of, it kind of becomes paint by numbers. And the thing that was really cool about Matt is that, you know, regardless of of where he went, it was always someplace different. So I, I kind of knew every season, while I had no idea what they were going to write for him, um, I, I always had a strong suspicion that it was going to be something kind of radically different than the season before. And the only thing that I could kind of lean on is that it was probably going to be something awful, you know, but, uh, but, uh, we'll get to but, those, but, but as an, oh yeah, but no, for sure. But, but as an actor, that's, that's kind of, you know, in a way fun, you know, and, and, and it's kind of very nip tuck, you know, that that would be the case. And, um, 
Um, so yeah, I mean that that was that was kind of a great thing about about playing Matt and sort of when I think back on it, you know, there's there's so much you think about, man. I mean, there's there's um, you know, God, I you know, I, I, like there there are definitely things that at the time I looked on with sort of a you know a, a, a disparaging eye that I wasn't really happy about or happy with, and now I look kind of look back on you know fondly in a way and. There are also things that, you know, you sort of see from hindsight that, you know, I'd be lying if I said there weren't a lot of things that I wish I had sort of played differently or done differently. And I think that was because in the moment, and and forgive me if I'm jumping around a lot, but it's like what you all spoke about in your Granville Trap uh, episode re- recap, uh, you know, um, it, it was shocking to hear you all speak about that episode because it was as though... It, it was almost verbatim, the things that you were saying about that episode, like certain turns that didn't make sense, certain certain uh, <laughs> plot points that were a little wonky. You know, these were literally the things that we would sort of huddle and talk about at the time of like, hey, what's what's going on? Like, what <laughs> what is this show? Like, I don't. Did we do this last season? Like, what is this? You know, but because, you know, when you're an actor on a show, you're just along for the ride, man. You know, you're you're a. You're you're sort of a hired gun, so to speak, and you're you're happy to be there. And but your job ultimately is to facilitate the story that's handed to you. You don't you don't get to say what what the story actually is. And so we were kind of it just was amazing to hear you all take that ride uh, again because we took that ride, you know, at the time, you know, um, um, really not understanding what was going on and what sort of twists and turns the show was you know, sort of seeming to take. And so anyway, where that gets to is that had I known at the time where the show was ultimately going, I think I would have been more inclined to embrace that as opposed to internally, um, you know, there were, there were like, I don't want to say struggles. That gives it far too much weight. But there were just questions, you know, about like, well, what what are we doing? You know, and so... Um, had had I known, you know, what we were doing, I think I would have, I think I would have embraced it more internally and just had a lot more fun with it and sort of let go and sort of embrace the, and I say this with love, the Nip Tuck, sort of the more campy elements of it, you know, um, as opposed to trying to uh, <laughs> maintain some sort of <laughs> grip on reality, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's interesting to hear all that. First of all, uh, thank you for listening. Glad to know that we have a listener. Um, but I mean, it's it's kind of. <laughs> It's it's interesting with like kind of how this all came about because I I did actually discover I was telling you this off air John that uh, you guys obviously the majority of the cast uh, Ryan uh, sort of all did a, a sort of a, a an open forum I guess at the, the Paley Festival back in two thousand and seven at the conclusion of season four and I just discovered that video on YouTube and it's some great stuff it's sort of a lot of stories I'd never heard including yourself when sort of your question about how you even got cast as Matt. And I found it incredibly mm-hmm. fascinating about sort of your story in regards to getting the script and kind of what you thought about. It. And then even on, upon hearing getting the script, I believe you had a car accident. Um, I, I kind of, I mean, if you want to <laughs> tell this story, because I mean, I, I, I don't even know if Nick's heard this story before or any of our listeners have, but I mean, it's, it's a fascinating story what you went through in, in regards to this role that when you first discovered it. Oh my god, that's I totally forgot about the car accident. That's totally true. Uh, that's one hundred percent true. So, so um, okay. So basically, here's this. Here, here's how it all unfolded. Um, I 
had moved to Los Angeles. I was living in New York. Um, I was fortunate to be New, New York. Just, just generally speaking, um, it's it's not it's it's sort of not the entertainment capital that it once was. So if you can be uh, an actor living and working in New York, it's something that a lot of folks really take pride in. You know, of like, hey, I'm a New York guy. I'm a New York actor, and and I I had done that for a number of years, and I feel very fortunate that that I had you know, been able to be someone to, you know, not only live in New York, but, but get to work there professionally. And, uh, but I moved to LA sort of on the heels of doing a series, um, that shot in Canada. And I was the only cast member from New York. Everybody else was from LA and I, I became great friends with them and they sort of convinced me, you know, in a, in a, in a jovial way of like, man, you need to be in LA, like come out here. So I just moved to LA and, um, about three months in, uh, I, I made it very clear to my manager at the time. I said, listen, I'm done playing young guys. Uh, I don't, I don't want to play the teenager anymore. Like I'm, I'm in my early 20, I forgot what I was, I think it was like 23, 24. I'm really not sure. And I said, uh, I said, look, I, I, if it's a guy who's not in his, if there's, if the character doesn't at least reflect my life experience, I want nothing to do with it. So don't even just just I'm just telling you that up front. Don't send me any scripts like unless it's, you know, a guy who's lived, you know, a, a shade of the life that I have. Because I, you know, I'd, I'd lived a bit of life at that point. I, you know, I, I was I was a bit of a, a I had a bit of a rough go of it as a as a teenager and left home at 18. And I did a number of things, you know, uh, like I used to cowboy in Wyoming and, you know, I traveled around a bit and sort of lived a bit of a Jack Kerouac lifestyle as a as a young man. And I, I. Uh, I, I wanted I wanted the stories that I told to sort of be reflective of that and 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 sure enough about two days after that he sends me this damn script for Nip Tuck you know the pilot episode and I crack it open and you know and I I read it and I discover that the character is like fifteen or sixteen or whatever the hell he was and <laughs> and I was really conflicted about it because the truth of the matter is you know that at the time was the best piece of television that I had ever read that script, the pilot script for Nip Tuck was truly incredible. And I was, I was blown away by it. And, and I, and I couldn't believe that, you know, I was getting like that, that, you know, something like that had been sent my way. However, the character of Matt, um, was in no way, shape or form, a character that I was honestly interested in playing because of everything that I had just said. And, um, and so I called my manager and I said, Hey, what did I tell you about sending me stuff like this? And I was kind of doubly pissed off because it was really good, hmm. but I was like, Hey, you know, I'd, I'd sort of planted my flag. Right. So I was going to live or die by that sword. And he said to me very wisely, he said, listen, man, the producers want to meet you. I, I really think you should go and meet these people. And I said, fine, I'll go meet them. And so I, I go in, and um, in the room, it was uh, the casting director, Eric Dawson, and um, Greer Shepard, who was one of the executive producers of the show. And I go in there, and I say to Greer, listen, this is one of the best things I've ever read. Um, I'm not the guy for this. I'm definitely not your Matt. Uh, if you ever have a guest role... Or a recurring, please know that I would love to come and audition for you, but I'm not the guy. And for whatever reason, Greer 
said to me, well, why don't you let us be the judge of it? Like, are you really so opposed to reading? And I said, look, I'll, I'm happy to read, but I, I, I really, I'm, I'm just, I just want to be very upfront with you that I'm, I'm not the guy. And, um, and then I read and, uh, then I left and then they called and they said, look, we, we, we think he might be the guy. <laughs> and then, um, and then they started calling me back and I would kind of, you know, I started to go for these callbacks a little begrudgingly because I, I wasn't, it, it, because I started to want it because, you know, you start to meet people and then you meet Ryan and you're like, you get to tell the man to his face, like, Hey man, you wrote an amazing script and you sort of see his face light up at the compliment, you know, and these people kind of become human. And the more you go and audition for them, you sort of develop this rapport with them. And then you start to kind of oddly and, and very falsely, I might add, feel like you're kind of part of the family because they start, you know, you, you, I literally went on, I think five or six callbacks for it. And, and then I had sort of evolved to this place of really wanting the role. And, um, and then I finally did the, the network test because, you know, you have to test for the studio and then you have to test for the network. And I had to do the network test. And it was sort of down to me and one other guy. And, um, um, and then I, um, I do the test and I'm driving across Los Angeles uh, I get the call, like literally moments after I leave the test, that that they're going to offer me the role, and um, and then I promptly, I promptly got into a car wreck. I I got like I <laughs> I, I literally uh, like hung up the phone and went to pull a U-turn on Sunset Boulevard. Uh, like right in the middle of Sunset Boulevard, like where all the, the hubbub, you know, sort of happens and uh, promptly got T-boned by <laughs> wow. a truck. And and it's just so funny because in a weird way, it was almost like this omen. <laughs> like, almost <laughs> like, it was almost, I don't really know what the omen was of like, hey, prepare for a little bit of a wild ride or like, hey... <laughs> always listen to your first instinct and maybe you shouldn't have done it. I don't know. It's weird. It was just so weird, the timing of it all. And, uh, and so I spent, I remember I spent my first, uh, actually shooting the pilot in a rental car in this, uh, <laughs> like Chrysler Sebring convertible. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, man, driving down to San Diego. Cause that's where we shot the pilot in this rental car. And, um, yeah, it was it, anyway. Sorry, that was a, that was a really long self indulgent story, but it was it was like it was like sort of epic the process of 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 actually getting cast on that show, you know, especially given the fact that yeah, I really I really you know, um, it's not that I didn't want it. I just you know I, I I was starting clean in a new city, and you know I I really wanted to um, I really you know not that I was anybody special. I was just another actor on the grind, but I I. I wanted to, you know, if I if I if I were going to get the opportunity to make a first step, I, I wanted it to be a first step that was reflective of of me, you know. So I was I was very concerned about that. But then, you know, like any actor, you get so insecure and you think, well, I'll never work again, and I better take the work while it's here. And 
also these people are so nice and you know it is such a cool show that you know and it probably you know what it probably won't go past the pilot anyway so screw it let's do it you know and then you know seven years later there you are uh, maybe it's just um an omen that you're about to play a character who's just his <laughs> life is a car crash yeah for sure yeah. there it is yeah that's kind of perfect yeah. So one of the one of the things I was really interested in, and um, I don't know, like you know, when you are auditioning for the role, how much that, or how much once you get it, they kind of tell you what's going to happen. Because obviously, you know, you and um, and Julian McMahon kind of share a few physical characteristics, like you kind of look yep. quite similar. Yep. Um, and did they kind of say, "Hey, look, this is where the story's going. Um, we want somebody who kind of looks like him," or was that a surprise to you? Well. Uh, here's I, I can tell you exactly what what I was present for and saw. I don't know if okay. Well, let me just tell you what happened. So here, so in the audition process, no. Like the only thing that happened during the audition process, they didn't talk about any future plans for the show because this was also the show hadn't been picked up to series. This was literally just a pilot you know, sort of proof of concept situation. And, you know, we had no clue if we were, you know, going to go to series or not. Um, so the only indication I got that they sort of liked what I did is that a few times in the, I just felt so comfortable with the, with the dialogues. I mean, that, that pilot script, it was just really well written. It was like, I'm a big fan of Alan Ball. And, uh, and, and, and I say this as a compliment to Ryan's script, and, and it's funny because I think Nip Tuck in a little ways did take some of its cues from Six Feet Under, and, you know, yeah. like, you know, like Six Feet Under, it always names it after the person who dies, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nip yeah. Tuck, you know, name it after the patients and all that stuff. And, and I, and so I, I really mean it as a compliment to the pilot script of Nip Tuck is that it read almost like an Alan Ball play, like all of Alan Ball's plays are like, they're so damn conversational. They just sort of roll off the tongue. And and uh, so I felt very comfortable with the dialogue. So I would ad-lib a little bit in the auditions. And they started to write my ad-libs into the like new scripts that you would get before the next audition. Wow. And so I kind of, like, I, I never presumed anything. But I thought, okay, well, either they're just, like, doing this to be mean for when they tell me that I don't have the job. Or, or they're 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 kind of digging my take on on the character a little bit, uh, so that was the only indication I got of like actually getting the job, but but never about uh, Christian's connection to Matt. And then when we were shooting the pilot, we were all out to dinner one night, and Ryan said, and he said it very much as though it was a discovery. Now that doesn't mean it was a discovery. Maybe he had this plan the whole way, but I, I remember the moment he. Uh, uh, he just sort of looked and he was like, God, it's weird. He was like, you look, you look more like Julian than you do Dylan. <laughs> he was like, it's just so funny. And, and he, and he really said it like, kind of like that, like as though he just sort of noticed it, you know? And I just took it at face value that that was the moment that he noticed it. However, he, that may have been in the cards the whole time. I don't know. But, um, but I, I was, I was there for the moment where at least, as as it was shown to us that it was discovered that I might I might better resemble Julian than I did Dylan. 
what? No, that's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I I've kind of never really thought about how that might have been, and you know, you it could have been interesting that that was yeah the moment as you were saying that like kind of Ryan sort of connected that. But I mean, those early days. I mean, I'm a I'm a huge 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 Ryan Murphy fan. I mean, I legitimately mm-hmm. every show the guy has ever done, I am hooked on. I've loved every single television show he's ever done. I think he's that's just awesome. A, a, just a genius. But like, what yep. was that like? Because I mean, obviously Nip Tuck was really his second show. I mean, it's pretty much, I think the only show too, if I'm not mistaken, that he's been solely the creator of, I think kind of all these other shows he's mm-hmm. had co-credits of. And obviously yes. he'd done popular yes. beforehand, which is a great show. But what was it like kind of meeting him and working with him in those early days? Because I mean, this is kind of, you know, Ryan Murphy's obviously highly regarded uh, with a lot of what he's yep. done, you know, with since Nip Tuck and with Nip Tuck. But clearly, obviously this was kind of early days, Ryan Murphy, wasn't it? Where he'd only really done popular and yes. maybe not necessarily had that high reputation at that point. Yes, exactly. So, um, so I became just completely enamored with Ryan during the shooting of the pilot and during the first season, like really even before we knew we got picked up, Ryan, it's so interesting. I'm trying to think of like where to begin this and I'm sorry, you all have already discovered that I love to talk and hear the sound of my own <laughs> you voice. You fit so, so well into this show, John. It's fantastic. Like, <laughs> well, seriously. <laughs> feel free to just step in and be like, okay, enough, dude. Enough. But, uh, um, you know, when I met Ryan, uh, what I would say really for the first time, because even though I auditioned for him, that's not really getting to know somebody. Like, they're they're sitting across the table and you know what I mean? They can't show their cards about what they really think of you. And, you know, it's, there's not really a lot of banter or chit chat or anything like that. And even through the table read, I didn't, you know, when, when I got the job and everybody was there for the first time, all the cast, like, you know, we didn't really talk, you know, it was just, you know, the, and, and so it was really in shooting the pilot um, that he directed and, and sort of going out to dinner, um, I got to know him, and and we became, I would argue, quite good friends. Actually, like during the first season, like he and I spent quite a bit of time together, and I was I was just enamored with him. Like he he's a he's a fiercely intelligent human being, and he's um, he's one of those guys, one of those people who has this sort of what I would regard as a shocking ability to sort of speak very well about any number of subjects. I mean, you'd be kind of hard-pressed to throw something at him that he wouldn't at least have, you know, some sort of, and I I really mean this, man, like some sort of shockingly insightful take on it. Like even if it were, you know, like earlier off-air, we were talking about F1, right? Like Mm -hmm. I I feel pretty confident in saying Ryan's not a Formula One fan, right? (laughs) But, But I... I also feel very confident in saying that if you were to talk to him about Formula One, he would somehow connect it to the psychology of what it is to be fiercely competitive and have something really remarkably insightful to say about that that would would make you think about F1 in kind of a new way. Like, he really is one of those people. Like, he's he's got a very special mind, and I felt very privileged. And, and like I said, it, it's you get sort of... Uh, I don't know the right word to use. Like you, you, he, you really like being around him because he's a he's a wonderful guy to talk to, and he's he's conversationalist, and you know he's he's got a brilliant mind. He really does. So he's he's um, and and I'm, I know I'm I'm not trying to like 
you know, t- totally suck the guy off. But like, it's <laughs> it's true. You know, he's a, he's a really he's he's one of those guys. I mean, I'm not I'm not shocked at all to see that because because also here's another thing about Ryan that that's that's really I think special about him. He he does have the ability to know a good idea when he sees it and to and to embellish it in a in a really wonderful way. You know, like what you were saying is Nip Tuck him being the creator and then subsequent shows him being, you know, like a co-creator. Um he's one of those people that can really hear something and understand like, oh I know you think that's good and that's cool and it is good, but I can show you how to make it really special. Hmm. And um and that that's a that's a, that's a unique thing. I mean as a matter of fact it's funny we're talking about him because I literally just read today that he's like getting honored by the producers guild um and and you know rightfully so i mean i mean the guy is um you know he's a special dude and and i felt i felt really fortunate you know that nip tuck in a lot of ways it's like it's it's sort of cliched in a way and like the journey it took internally but it's also you know i I hate saying that about it because it's also personal you know it's like that first year man was really special like we were all it, Ryan included, like it was a first for everybody because, okay, like, yeah, I had done a few series as a regular, you know, Dylan had done series as regular, Julian had done series as regular, uh, Jolie had done, you know, any number of other things, you know, as an actor, but, and, and Ryan as a writer, you know, he had done popular, like you said, but, but Nip Tuck was like a first, you know, for, for virtually, well, for everyone you know, on that show. And, and that first season, there was this sort of innocence to it that was really special. There was like a real club aspect to it. And, and, uh, and man, we had, we had so much fun, you know, that, that sort of first season. And, and, and a big part of that for me were like the dinners that I had with Ryan, you know, he was very smart. Cause I, I was, uh, I was saying to Ben off air, like I, I, I write these days. That's what I spend a majority of my time doing. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, overly interested i'm not very interested in acting and 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 honestly haven't ever really been to be honest with you but but um um but writing is something that uh i i i bleed happily for i i I moved to new york initially to be a writer so ryan being very smart i I loved getting the opportunity to share a meal with him and, and talk about writing you know and he was always he was always uh, a fascinating guy to talk to because he so clearly understands um, understands that medium of of television so well. Mm. Sorry, that was like again. Like, I'll talk forever. Seriously, about it. we are, we are both just. We're, I I don't know about Nick, but I'm just like sitting here, just realizing and kind of just you know. I have these moments. I like John. I'll, I'll be completely honest with you and our listeners that I I very rarely get starstruck, uh, and it's it's weird. But like I have these moments where I kind of have to sit and realize what I'm doing right now. So that 16 year old Ben <laughs> who's discovering Nip Tuck and fucking loving this show is right now talking to the guy who plays Matt. 
Um, so <laughs> don't take silence as any formal thing that you're talking. You talk as we'll just sit back and read, you know, that's some popcorn and chill, man. This is great. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we can get into a little bit of the, the kind of detail about the show. So, I mean, I'm quite keen to talk about, about where you start on this whole thing with like, you know, season one and, you know, obviously you've got, you know, any, anything from circumcisions to hit and runs, but, um, probably the thing I, I want to talk about is... You, you you got to you got to make out with Kate Mara, and I mean that's that's got to be high up on the list of things you want to talk about, right? Well, I'll tell you, and and God, I hope she doesn't. I mean, I I, I wouldn't blame her at all for uh, for denying this, but actually, at that time, Kate and I uh, we we were together. We had a relationship, oh, and and uh, became even more awesome. And well, I and I don't I don't say that to speak out of school. And I don't say that in any way to sort of blow Kate's spot up. Like I said, I, 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 I would, I would, I, I, you know, wouldn't blame her at all to be like, yeah, that guy's a liar. That never happened. <laughs> but, but, uh, uh, um, um, uh, but, but I, I really, you know, I don't stay in touch with Kate. We don't, you know, we don't, not for any reason. It's just, you know, Kate, Kate went on to be Kate and I went on to be me, you know, and, but, but, um, uh, I really adore her and and yeah I agree I mean I would I would argue that you know and I'm not this going to sound completely cheesy and ridiculous to say but but she is sincerely one of the most uh, beautiful people I've known inside and out you know like she's she's a great person I I'm assuming she's still a great person and and she was a, she, Kate was the girl that all my friends were like hey dude so just so you know you should marry her, you know, <laughs> and, I, and I was like, yeah, probably, you know, but, uh, but no, Kate, Kate, Kate was really wonderful. And, and, and oddly enough, when she got cast on the show, I, I remember talking to her about that because, um, we were, you know, sort of living together. She was like transitioning out to LA. So whatever. And, and she was like, dude, I just went and auditioned for, your show and i was like oh okay like that's okay that's kind of weird what <laughs> she was like yeah it's like to be the like the cheer like the cheerleader that, like matt's like got a crush on or something she's like i don't know like i think it went well and i was like oh that's it's kind of weird i don't know how do i feel about that like it's weird it's kind of like my thing like it's kind of my thing you know like oh it's weird like okay and then and then she very sweetly then they offered her the role and she was like Look, if you don't want me to do it, I won't do it. And of course, that's like the last thing I would I would say to somebody. And uh, and uh, yeah, so she came, she came and worked on the show, and it was it was like really strange to be, uh, you know. I mean, look, we're all professionals, but I'd be lying if I said it wasn't like odd to be in a bed with her and Sophia Bush, and like you know, <laughs> having to kiss Sophia Bush in front of, you know, your girlfriend at the time. It's, it's just very strange. Like very it was a very bizarre, like and again so nip tuck, you know what I mean? It was just like a very uh odd situation. Yeah. But, but I mean fine, but just weird. You know, you're just kinda like, Jesus Christ, like what do I do for a living? Like how how are we here and why do I just feel the overwhelming need to just repeatedly apologize to both of these girls? You know, like this is just so weird. Uh 
Um, yeah, anyway. I, just, um, I have to ask, though. She she didn't, like, in real life, ask you to, like, have a circumcision, right? I mean, like, I don't want to get too personal here, John, but, like, I mean, you didn't go home and, like, Google how to give a certain, have that creepy guy giving you I instructions. Didn't. No, no, <laughs> I, I didn't, and she didn't. Okay, which good. Was, which was awfully, awfully nice of her, yeah. Oh, I forgot. That's why he did it, of course, because the, uh, the cheerleading girlfriend, uh, sorry, like I said, it's been so long, man. Like, like things are a little cloudy. So like, uh, yeah, that's right. She wanted it. She didn't like, she didn't like him uncircumcised. So he, he, you know, by the way, that when I did that, that was like, yeah, that was like in the second episode, I think, right. Where he mm-hmm. circumcises himself. It was. Yes. And, um, yeah. And, um, yeah, I remember that. That was so, that was so bizarre. It was so bizarre, too, because a little behind the scenes on that, the day that we shot that, it was the director of photography, Christopher Baffa's birthday. And so Ryan had this idea of, hey, while you're doing one take of circumcising yourself (laughs) beneath the camera, we're going to put a a lit birthday cake in your hands. (laughs) So, So right as you're about to pass out, I want you to raise the cake with the candles into camera. And um and and I remember <laughs> it was funny because I this footage must exist somewhere because it's literally the thing like I you hear you know I go to cut and then I'm like passing out and right as I'm about to fall out of frame I raise this candle full of or, or sorry this cake full of candles and um and I remember internally being kind of pissed because I knew, I knew that was the best take. I was like, I fucking nailed it. I was like, I fucking nailed it. I was like, they could never use it because I got a goddamn cake in my hands. And, uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's a true story. I'm going to yeah, watch man. that differently now. I mean, I have to say, I mean, one of my favorite scenes in all of Nip Tuck is the, uh, the moment when you walk uh, into the room and you discover that, uh, you know, Kate Mara and Sophia Bush are just making out in cheerleader uniform. That's uh, something that uh, I often replayed that scene. But, I mean, the thing I... <laughs> see, season one, I mean, I, kind of in that uh, Paley Festival talk, um, you know, it was often joked amongst all of the cast and Ryan that kind of Nip Tuck, quote, jumped the shark in the first episode. And it's kind of like, well, where the hell do you go from there? Just, you know, that the fact that you've got these yep. two guys who are get, you know, pretty much killed someone and getting it, you know, devoured yes. by alligators. How, I mean, given... You're talking about obviously the pilot and kind of obviously it got picked up and just everything that went with season one. Are you at this point? You mentioned how you kind of didn't really want to play this role in the first place, but every time you get a script to kind of just see these scenarios that even just in the first season, Matt's getting up to. I mean, what, what's your mind going through in that point as as an actor to think that what the what the hell is this show? What is like? What who is this character? Like, what is going on? <laughs> I well in the in the first season, honestly. I just was really along for the ride. I thought this is this is really special and spectacular, and I really like that I get to be a part of this thing. And it was also, you know, I, I don't know, you know, like here in the States, like domestically here, it, it aired on a network uh, FX, which at the time... Um, so, so to give you a little history and why and 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 why this sort of makes made it such a special time uh, with regard to Nip Tuck is that FX w- is a network here that at the time, uh, not long before Nip Tuck, was sort of a joke network. Like they did a lot of like you know um, uh, 
you know, they, they played movie reruns. It was, it was, they, they had like a few really low budget, like just, you know, series that, 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 you know, like just terribly produced, like just not, you know, it was, it was, it was a bit of a joke of a network. Right. And then they, they, um, distributed a series that Sean Ryan created, uh, called the shield mm-hmm. which um it was a series that starred michael chiklis and it was it was critically acclaimed it was this amazing drama you know i don't know if you all are familiar with it but it was it was really yeah. great um and that sort of opened the door for the network to rebrand itself and nip tuck was the second series that they did um um, so it was kind of like the shield opened the door for for things to be a little different. Because you also got to think back in this day, basic you know there was cable, there was premium, there was like HBO, Showtime, all this good stuff, and then and then there was basic cable, and like basic cable was like you know where TV goes to die basically, and so FX was basic cable right so this was back in that day where it was like yeah i'm doing a show on basic cable you know people were kind of like oh good for you you know (laughs) and and so um um but the shield really changed that for fx and then nip tuck was kind of their you know sophomore effort it was like okay now we're we're really gonna make our play to be something special and and um so for 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 us you know, to be a part of that ride, it was cool, man. I mean, like we got, you know, like I remember, uh, you know, John Salberg, who I, I don't honestly know if he's still with the network. I'm, I'm assuming he still is. I don't know, but he was like the head of, uh, PR for FX. And it's like, he took us to the Emmys, you know, to like, just sit and see how it is because, you know, they were really invested in like the show and they're like, Hey man, we hope one day, you guys get to be up on that stage. So like, let us take you and like, show you what it's like. So it was like crazy, man. It was like just really special to, to get treated in that way. And to sort of have a network really not even pamper you. It wasn't like they were like, here, here's a watch or something, but just to be like, Hey, you know, we really believe in you guys. And like, we hope that one day you get invited to these events and, you know, just in case you are, we'd like for you to see what it's like so that you don't, you know, lose your mind and act like an asshole, you know? (laughs) And so, so like that kind of stuff was super cool. So, you know, that first season, there was a lot of even that going on to where like you not only were getting to go to work and have fun telling this story that seemed to always want to take it further, but, but even behind the scenes that you had a network, um, and a studio, you know, with Warner Brothers being the studio, who were like, you know, super into it and and super supportive. And um, like I remember at the time, the guy, the guy who was the president of FX is a man named Peter Lagori, who I think deserves a phenomenal amount of credit for uh, for reinventing that network and and really rebranding it. Um, I rem- you know, he he was so invested in the show and. Uh, and like any notes that he would give, they were never like that typical network note of like, well, why can't he be in a blue shirt? Like he was, he was like legitimately creatively invested in the show. And, 
and any notes that he had, they they were always like insightful. You know what I mean? They weren't um, they weren't like these just shitty network exec, you know, out of touch notes. And and so it was like everybody, man, from like from like me to Peter Ligori, the head of the network, like we were all kind of in on this ride. Like it and, and it felt like that. Like you you really felt like you were collaborating on something it was it was cool you know it was it was really cool and because because i had personally never experienced anything like that like any series that i'd been a regular on before it was always very nice but it was always a very isolated experience you know what i mean like you just you just showed up you showed up on set you hit your mark you say your lines you went home and like that was it you didn't really talk to anybody you know what i mean like you mm. apart from your castmates like it was you know but this this was something different and and while we none of us presumed that the show would be successful, um, there was something about being in that moment, like actually making it, that was that was super cool. It was kind of like the thing that you always wanted it to be. Yeah, I, I, it's it's funny as well because I think like Nip Tuck, like it's easy to think now um, that it, it's easy to forget how cutting edge it was. Um, yes. you know, and you kind of go back and you think about it because you know, like now we've got shows like Game of Thrones with exactly and, and things like that where kind of violence and and all that kind of stuff and it's kind of it's normal. Whereas back in the day, like having having like you know these stories about people, you know, transgender people and things like that, like that just was not on TV then. And no. you know, and and you really just sometimes you forget that, um, and you kind of have to put yourself back in you know where we were in kind of two thousand and three, two thousand and four. Um, and I guess that probably kind of leads into that, that you know, the whole storyline that kind of comes up for Matt's character in that second season around Ava. And I mean, that must have been so <laughs> cool for you to be involved in, in like such an amazing storyline, really. You know, like there's, there's so many layers to it. I don't even really know where to start. Dude. But, I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, I'm not sure what the question is. <laughs> I don't know. If you, Just if mention you Ava, done. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, so, okay. Okay. Again, what I'm about to say, this is a true story. And, and, <laughs> and, 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 well, no, because even when I say it, I'm like, God, it's like, but, but, uh, but, okay. So here's, here's, here's where a lot of this came from. Okay. So, um, okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> when I found out, okay, so okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to take you on this journey a little bit. Right. So when I lived in New York, okay, I saw uh, Famke Jensen. I didn't know her. Uh, uh, well, maybe not. Obviously, I didn't know her, but I knew who she was. And New York, when you live there, is kind of a bizarrely small town. Like you, you kind of fall into your patterns, and you see a lot of the same strangers, right? And she happened to be a stranger that I saw quite a bit from a distance, and I knew who she was. And I always found her to be, as I think most anybody on the planet, you know, a, just a shockingly beautiful woman, mm -hmm. you know. And, and she always, just to me, like, whatever street corner she was on, it was as though, like, you know, she was the only thing there. Like, and I, 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 she's literally like a memory like that to me of my time in New York. Right. And, and so, um, when we're shooting the second season. Okay. Um, Ryan tells me, I think he says something like, 
I forgot the exact conversation, so I might honestly be making this bit up. But it's something to the effect of like, hey, so we've got this really like cool love interest for you. Like you're going to have this really great love interest. Um, she's going to be an older woman. Um, it's going to be great. And and then I think it was even then that he told me, he's like, you know, we're, I think he either said we cast or we're offering it to or something, blah, 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 Fomka Jansen. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh my God, what? <laughs> and he's and he's like, yeah. And I'm like, dude, I've got to tell you the crazy story about Fomka Jansen. <laughs> I was like, get this, dude. And I proceed to tell Ryan the story that I'm about to tell you, which is this. So, as I said, I, I've, I've grown slightly accustomed to seeing, you know, the gorgeous Fomka Jansen on a street corner in New York, you know, on any given day. And um, um, one day I'm standing with my friend, a man named Chris Genoversa, who uh, uh, we're standing there and um, just hanging out. And I look across the street and sure enough, there she is standing there. She's got her dog, like her dog's on a leash. And I'm standing next to my friend Chris, and I say, man, that is easily, easily one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. And Chris goes, <laughs> that's a dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I sort of push him. And I was like, dude, that's Fomka Jansen, bro. I was like, how do you not know who Fomka Jansen is? And he's like, uh, that's a man. And, um, and I proceed to tell this story to Ryan. And, uh, and I'm, like, I'm like, can you believe that my friend thought that? Like, I was like, I don't know where he got that. And Ryan's eyes sort of just lit up and he was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, so whether or not it's a direct connection, I would, I, I feel really confident in saying the, the, the seed of Ava's reveal, uh, was planted that day because they, they did not have that uh, plan for her. She was, I don't know, I think originally she was just supposed to be like a manipulative uh, therapist that Matt falls for. And um, yeah, uh, uh, but thanks to my buddy Chris standing on Helped the street the corner. Line. Maybe the oh biggest twist God, in yeah, Nip Talk. Right? Wow. Like, <laughs> so weird, dude. So weird. Such a weird, small world, you know? And uh, <laughs> and, I, and I will say, in, in, in an all, all sincerity, man, I mean, Fomka Jansen. I mean, again, someone who I, you know, I, I haven't stayed in touch with through the years. But my goodness, she was to to this day easily one of the coolest human beings I've ever had the opportunity to work with. Like she was just completely up for it, uh, totally game. Like came into an environment that by that time, you know, like there was so much like camaraderie amongst us, and you know what I mean. And like we had we had kind of been in the trenches, like with this crazy show and. Man, she just she just came right in and just fit in so perfectly, and and, um, and she was great, man. And she didn't even fault because you know they didn't tell her, they didn't tell her about that reveal. I knew about it because of the story I just shared with you guys. Like Ryan kind of came back and was like, uh, "So we're totally doing this," <laughs> and and um, 
but she didn't know. And they 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 waited until um, I think it might have been like the episode before. And I remember there being, you know, not like crazy nerves, but like nerves about telling her. I mean, by that point, everybody like, you know, realized that she was, you know, super cool and 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 up for however crazy the show wanted to go. And if and if I remember correctly, when they told her, they were kind of, you know, just the five, you know, like like thinking, oh, it's completely understandable if she has a really negative reaction. And man, she didn't even blink. She wow. was just like, "Yeah, sounds great. Let's go for it." Wow. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's she's cool, man. She's a, she's a cool woman for sure. Like she she's she's the real deal. You and know, I, like she, yeah. I was gonna say, I can't imagine that. Um, it's a bad day at work when you get to share, uh, you know, some some sex scenes with Funko Jansen. Um. <laughs> hey, I will tell you this: she smelled so good. <laughs> she, she was wonderful. She was wonderful. She was a wonderful person to get to spend time next to. I will tell you that. And I say that with all respect to her. I mean, she's just a, a, a you know, and, a, and I and I say this truly with all respect. I mean, she's she's such a beautiful just creature that to uh, to get to to get to be in the the same room with her, let alone you know to actually get to put your arm around her. You know, it's uh, it's it's not a bad way to spend a day at work. I will say that. I can I can yeah. definitely imagine. I mean, obviously, kind of too. I mean, season two is just such a great season. Uh, you know, I think I said this off yeah, To me, one of the greatest television seasons in general in the history of TV. It's just so well crafted. It's so well done. Thank um, you. But like, obviously, you are so central to this storyline because I mean, you've kind of got these two things going on. Obviously, with yourself and Ava, which really is kind of Nick and I discussed a lot in that season. Really, kind of does change Matt as a person moving forward and obviously yes. as we know it comes kind of full circle with how Matt departs the show in the final episode but also of course the reveal kind of as we touched on that you know you are not Sean's son you are Christian's son and kind of just everything around that I mean one scene in general the scene obviously with, with Jolly uh, when she reveals that to you I mean just we couldn't commend both of you enough so how well that was acted I mean how was that as an actor kind of having to have to react to obviously such a massive news considering that we can all imagine if we were told that news at 17 years old that hey guess what your dad's not really your dad it's the other guy you know like I mean I can't imagine that that would have been a a very challenging uh scene to to have to to do well here's here's and I god I I I'm I'm almost hesitant to be honest with you here because um I really want to give you a good answer <laughs> but here's the truth I, I I actually don't remember it. It's been it's been so long, and I'm really sorry to say that. I swear to God, I wish like I want so desperately to lie to you, but I'm just not going to do it, man. Like I I I um um and 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 you, what I will say though, and I and I believe this will help answer it without being able to remember the specifics of that scene, but it relates to Jolie. I remember in the pilot. And I forgot what it was. And I even told a friend of a friend of mine who's a film director. I was like, Jesus Christ, man, I saw this woman act today and it just fucking blew my mind. And it was in the pilot. And I can't remember the line. I don't remember what it was. But it was like it, she literally had in a scene one line. It was just one line. And she but she like so naturally made such a meal out of it that like what she said was so much more than what I had read on the page that 
I knew then on the pilot, I was like, Jesus Christ, this lady is formidable. Like, if you're going to show up on set, like, you better bring, you know what I mean? Like, you better mm. come to play. Because, like, she's she's not she's not messing around. And um, um, so how that connects to the scene that you're talking about, I, I just feel probably as a rule that if I ever knew that I was, you know, working opposite her, that, like, you, you better bring it. You know, or at least be, you better at least be like, you know, there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and um, um, so I, I hope that that at least answers the question it, to a, to a, to a certain degree. But but in, in terms of specifics, I can't I can't honestly um, appreciate the honesty. I mean, that's what we yeah. We're sorry, that's I'm what sorry, we're here I'm for. Sorry, <laughs> what, what I will say though, depending on depending on who, um. And again, knowing Ryan, at least you know, knowing him back back then, uh, I I would I'd be also willing to bet that he would have made it clear to to me and probably to both of us of like you know what I mean like like hey you gotta you, you got you gotta give it the goods mm-hmm. like you know like this is this is kind of an an important thing you know like ryan was never which i always really appreciated about him like he was never shy about sort of um because a lot of times in television you're 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 sort of left not to your own devices but it's just sort of like yeah okay we're up and running now like just do your fucking job you know and and uh and but but Ryan was always you know like if it was a moment he would he would let you know he'd be like look you gotta you know you gotta you gotta bring the heat okay yeah. for this one so I I I, I hope uh, I hope that the the moment was honored you know what I mean so I, I'm I'm glad that you all that you all dug it at least that's cool well it's really interesting you say that because you know it's been a while since I'd come back to this the show and I obviously remembered the two scenes where you know where it's revealed to Christian and then obviously the the Sean reveal, you know, and, and, you know, that's the iconic one. And I had, I had actually forgotten the reveal to Matt. And so when I watched it, I was, <laughs> I was blown away. I mean, it was because it was so good. And of course, um, you know, you might not remember that it kind of leads into, you know, he finds out and then Sean kind of walks through the door and, you know, um, you have to kind of, you know, you're hiding what, what you've just found out and turn it into something else. And you kind of lean into, into Dylan Walsh and start crying. And it's just this amazing scene really. So, now, for me, it was just such a pleasant surprise when I found it because I, I had completely forgotten about it. So, yeah, it is really good. Oh, very cool, man. I'll go back and check it out. That's rad. That's really cool. One thing we do kind of at the end of every season, we kind of just do a general recap and we, we, we put together a list of sort of the five best moments of the season. And we struggled on season two because, I mean, it's got so many great um, scenes. But, yeah, we kind of sort of went over the three reveals that kind of Nick said. And, you know, I mean, we, we sort of wanted to include all three of them, but it's kind of got to the case. It's like, well, we kind of can't really. I think we might have only included just Sean's and... Christian's memory, didn't we, Nick? I don't think Matt's made it, but um, yeah, it was it was kind of yeah, just kind of how we go through that. And I guess kind of you know we are sort of going here in order in terms of some of the seasons. But I guess the one thing I wanted to say just with season two, I mean, kind of going on my own opinion. I mean, it was obviously backed up. I mean, that was a season that went on to to win you know Golden Globe for for best series uh, mm-hmm. that year. Uh, you know, just huge ratings. Obviously, I mean, this really I guess is you know, leading into season three, which I guess would be the, you know, the most talked about season in terms of the storyline. But I mean, season two still in terms of critical acclaim. I mean, was this kind of the moment after this season where all of a sudden, 
I mean, how is your life changing at this point? The fact that you were saying this is new to you. You're kind of not used to this sort yep. of thing. And you're, you're now on this hugely popular, you know, most popular show on, on cable at this time and ratings mm-hmm. and awards, success. I mean, how does life change with John Hensley in around 2005 in terms of celebrity and things, everything along lines with that? Well, here's here's the here's the honest answer is that I um, and I don't want to frame it as though I've rejected celebrity or anything like that. It, it, you know, I, I wasn't. Uh, how do I say it, man? I've I've never been really precious about those things. So so the truth of the matter is is that I wasn't really, and I feel like it might have even been around 2005, because I, I, I do remember doing an interview at one point, and I don't remember when it was, I'm just assuming, because that, to your point, like that might have, you know, that would have been when people would have been kind of maybe interested in talking to those of us working on the show, but I remember somebody asked me, they were like, well, how does, how does it feel to be famous? And And I remember my answer, because I remember like being like, oh, I don't, you know, and the, and I I remember I said to him I was like I I don't I don't know what that feels like like I don't feel I don't feel anything like I don't feel I don't feel any better known I don't feel like my life has really changed like I but, you know I I guess I was just I I've I've always approached like work in general as is like it's it's just that like like show up do your job don't expect you know. Like, it's kind of the gift is getting to do it, right? Because, like, when you're an actor, or quite frankly, when you're a writer, when you're a storyteller, it doesn't matter, like, what your job is. Like, it's one of the only jobs I know of in the world where you can literally let every single bit of who you are, like, every ugly piece that you keep hidden from the rest of the world out, mm-hmm. whether it's on the page or whether it's on the stage or whether it's on the set, that you can let it out. And at the end of it all, somebody's going to come up to you. They're going to pat you on the back. If it's good, and they're gonna say, "Good job, man! You did good today." Like that's crazy. Like that's a pretty insane, like wonderful job to have. That you know, all those things that we keep bottled up, we can let out, right? So, like for me, that was really where it started and ended. Like I would show up on set, I would do my thing, I would go home. Like I wasn't like, you know what I'm saying? Like I really wasn't a guy like going out on the town. Like I just, and maybe you know, like some people honestly, like at the time, kind of. They didn't criticize me for it, but they kind of like were like, dude, you need to be like out there. Like you need to be going to parties. You need to be like hobnobbing and doing the thing. And it just wasn't my bag, man. Like I, I was never comfortable in that environment. So I never I never really felt like and this is really true for like the course, the entire course of the show. Like I, I just I, I guess I kind of kept it low key, but like really not intentionally. It was just like. I, I really like the fact that, like, I could, you know, like, I don't know, go race motorcycles, you know, because that's what I was super into. And, like, you know, you know, like, really, truly. And so, like, I, 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 um. You weren't being, like, accosted I, I on the street by paparazzi I, and things like no, that every five no, seconds, no, essentially. No, I wasn't. I mean, I mean, there were a few things that, like, that, like, how, you know what I mean? Like, a few times, but, like, to be honest with you, like, one time this dude, like, he followed me for like ever and like i finally just walked up to him and like i and he was shocked he was like holy fuck like i think thought i was gonna like confront him you know and i just said to him i was like bro what are you doing <laughs> like you were you were wasting your life like what are you doing following me around like this is 
this I promise you, man, this is a waste of your time. <laughs> and and he was like, he's really want a shot at you. I was like, well, fucking hell, you've been shooting me all day. Like, when are you going to stop? You know, and and it was just so like I was almost baffled by it. You know what I mean? Because I was like, fuck, I just went and got something to eat, and then I went and saw a movie. Like, what? It, like, what are you doing? Like, you know, this is just crazy. And and so I just never really like leaned into it and like also a little bit of it to be honest with you is that um god how do you say this without sounding just like a prick but but i i i'll i'll try you know so much of what we see right and those kind of like like the paparazzi of it all like you know i think we all now know that so much of that is it's crafted man yeah. and it's it's set up and it's staged and like some of the people who are out there being like leave me alone i just want to live my life they are 100% courting that attention you know behind the scenes like those those publications that everybody's in on it man like that's just the way it is and and all the all the sort of anti this or anti that you know like oh i just i just i just want to be a working guy you know that's all bullshit like if if they're shooting you it's because they've been invited to do so like for instance after that guy like sort of realized like oh this is just like some normal dude like you know doing his thing like he kind of promptly went away you know what i mean and and so so, and, and I'm not, I'm no genius, you know, I discovered that kind of right away that like, oh, if, you know, I guess what I'm trying to get at is, is I never really, if my life changed, I honest to God didn't really notice it. Like it, I, I, and I know that may sound strange and, and, you know, maybe I should have been a little more savvy at the time, but it, it's just not me, man. It's not, it's, it's truly not. I'm, I'm, I was never into it. I was never comfortable with it. Like anybody else, I'm saddled with insecurity. And because of that, I, I, I'd be lying if I said that I don't, you know, crave attention sometimes, like who doesn't, you know, but, but, um, but, but that never, it, it, and I'd be also lying if I said, like, you know, throughout the course of the show, there weren't moments where I experienced envy. You know what I mean? Like, like, sure. Like, of course, man, we're all human. You know what I mean? And I think other people looked at me maybe at times on the show and felt the same way. You know, like these these are human things that we have to go through and sort of learn from and, and grow from. So I don't mean to make it sound like throughout, you know, all the years that Nip Tuck was on that I was some like super well-balanced above it all kind of guy. Like I, I wasn't, but in terms of that, in terms of like life changing, I honest to God didn't, didn't, um, I didn't know it. I didn't notice it. It, it really didn't, it didn't register with me at all. And I know that maybe sounds silly and dumb, but that's, that's the honest to God's truth. One thing though, that I guess kind of with that, no, I mean, we are obviously here. We want, we're really keen to learn about all this stuff about Matt and the behind the scenes story, but I guess kind of just one thing around <laughs> this time and everything that I guess, you know, do raise. And, and it's, it's interesting to hear that kind of side of that you were telling with that there, John, but I mean, obviously kind of, I think it was always well crafted and well known that sort of you and Jolie were kind of, you know, a couple and it kind of obviously came down to the fact that, oh, you know, she's his mum on screen, but here they are in real life <laughs> together. So a lot of it came around that. I mean, was there like pressure from that side of things when it came to, to that relationship? If Was it felt? I mean, because it is still even Googling you today and sort of making sure we're all prepped. That's one of the things that comes up. It comes up with automatic research for as old as John Hensley and Jolly Richardson. So it's kind of obviously something that I'm guessing around this time was, was a thing. And I mean, how does that affect everything? 
Well, it, you know, it, um, I mean, it's an interesting thing, right? And, and, and a lot of what I can say about it or what I would say about it is going to sound, well, it's not going to sound, it is, it's very presumptuous because it's just my take, right? And I think it's important for me to say that, like, it's just my take on things. I don't, I don't claim to have like the right bead on it. You know, it's just my perception, right? And so, um, for me, and this is just the truth, I didn't give a fuck. Like, I didn't care. I didn't care who... I wasn't ashamed of of how I felt about another person. That was not a mutual feeling. I think that, and I think a little bit of that, and, and I'm just, I, I, I say this, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm speaking frankly, but again, to be very clear, it's just my perception of things you know Jolie and I came from I think well I mean very different you know past right like I nobody in my family lived in the public eye nobody in my family um like I like and I was sort of raised in a way that you know it's like that saying, right? If you're going to take the measure of a man, you take the whole measure, you know? So, like, I didn't, I didn't take my job personally, you know? Like, it was just, I was just, I was the guy they hired. Like, and I, and I operate to this day, like, as a writer, I operate to this day of, like, there are probably 60 people. I'll tell you, I'll share this quick little anecdote with you. Like, one of my first jobs as an actor was on the show The Sopranos, right? And mm-hmm. I got to play the son of Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick, like most people know him from Terminator, Terminator. 2. He was X-Files. T2, right? Yep. And uh, yeah, exactly. X-Files, like amazing guy. And it was one of my first jobs and I was super excited and he was extremely kind to me. So kind and I, I could I could regale you with Robert Patrick's stories for hours, but I won't. <laughs> but one of the times we were we were riding home together in the same van from from the set. And because it was one of my first jobs and I felt really safe around Robert because he was so kind to me. I said, man, I'm just so grateful to be here right now. This is really special. And he turned around in the seat and he pointed a finger at me. And I doubt he even remembers saying this, man. When he, you know, he barely remembers me. You know, like we, we text every once in a while, and I sometimes <laughs> send it like thinking, "There's no way this dude remembers me." But, uh, um, um, uh, but he pointed a finger right at me and he said, "Don't you ever lose that feeling?" He said, "Because so many motherfuckers feel entitled to this shit." And he said, and what they don't understand is that there are 60 people standing behind them who could do the job better than they can. And so, uh, and he said, so don't ever lose it. And I, and I have to say, I, 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 you know, that's just how I regard it. Like, I, I don't, I feel very fortunate that I, I got to have that experience on the show, but I didn't take it personally. It wasn't about me. I just happened to be the guy that they hired. So, like, I didn't give a shit. I didn't give a shit about who thought what about any friendship or relationship or or whatever that I had with anybody. I could give a fuck. Like, my life is my life. But I was also, you know, I had the freedom to sort of develop my own feelings about that. I don't, you know, you know, Jolie, on the other hand, like, you know, she comes from a long line of people who work professionally, right? Like, in, and, and, you know, and so... All I'm trying to say is, is like, I think she felt pressure, and I think she felt 
a lot. Of, I think she was super self-conscious about the fact that, you know, she was whatever hanging out with like, you know, a, a younger guy, even though it wasn't, I wasn't that much younger, you know? And, and, uh, um, and, and I think it was, you know, a real, quite frankly, challenge for her. And I understand that now in hindsight, at the time I was like, what the fuck is your problem? Like, who gives a shit? And I think I was really insensitive in a lot of ways to that. But I think for her, it was, you know, um, I, this is maybe too strong of a word, but I would, I would argue like almost embarrassing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, uh, and I completely now completely get that you know because you know of course you know it's like you you, i'm sure she wouldn't have chosen to you know be drawn to you know uh me you know what i'm saying yeah like i'm sure she wouldn't have you know and but so you know but on but me coming from my point of view i was just like so what yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know if that makes any sense or not but like that's and and i say all this with you know i hope you know with with total you know i've come to appreciate you know concerns right like but at the time i i was i was actually probably resentful of those concerns and 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 arguably insensitive to them just i mean we we obviously want to move into season three and i I know i said that before but just i mean really quickly does that how does that affect scenes with, I mean, as again, she's your mum on screen. Obviously, there's a, an element to that. But, I mean, was was it, how does that affect and, and kind of when things ended, uh, I don't know exactly what point they did on the show, but, I mean, does that affect things? I mean, or is it just a case you're all professionals, you can just kind of move on? In, in my case, uh, I'd be lying if I said privately it wasn't a real challenge, like meaning for sure man I'd, I'd be in my trailer some days and like have to like psych myself up and like get my game face on you know what i mean and like and like not you know because also i was like that was a time in my life like look man I, and we all have egos right but like at that time and i would have never admitted it at the time but like i you know i had my own ego about things so 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 yeah, for sure, it was like a challenge, but it was also I really prided myself on being a professional, you know. So yeah. like, I almost prided. I in a weird way. I know it's gonna sound weird, but it's like I almost prided myself on how much it bothered me, and yet how I could still show up and do the <laughs> job, which is so weird and so twisted. And I don't even know. I don't think what I could that do that, John. You, you got that? Yeah, that that that's strong work. I I, I respect that. <laughs> yeah, like it was a weird one. It was almost like I, it was like this. I don't know what would you call that? Like slightly sadistic or something? Like it was like it was like this weird thing of like I kind of dug the fact that like I could be so bothered by a personal situation and yet still like put the you know sort of mask on and like just go to work and um, um, but yeah there was there was there, there was always that compartmentalization you know what I mean and then and then. Um, you know so so yeah it was it was like a weird i don't know man it was a very bizarre it was like a very bizarre moment you know and i'm saying that all in hindsight like at Mm. the time it was just sort of like a cloud of it's just like a cloud right you're just like working your way through fog but like then when you look back on it it's it's like yeah man it was like a yeah totally weird (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, maybe we can we can um, segue out of that into some other weird stuff, which is like oh, moving great. on. Yeah, so you're like, <laughs> yeah. all right, let's close the book on that right away. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it's it's one of those things where like Matt's character just kind of moves from from one weird thing to the to the next. But um, the season three stuff is quite interesting because like a lot of Matt's story does take a little bit of a back a back seat, I guess, to the whole Carver thing. So before yep. we kind of talk a little bit about Matt stuff, I just kind of wonder like what was your take on the Carver story? Um, it's obviously quite a long one. You know, it kind of spreads over you know a season and a half. Um, you know, you weren't kind of directly part of that storyline, but I imagine like just the buzz around that that was happening at the time, you couldn't have missed it, you know? So, I mean, what was the general feeling amongst the cast and maybe you specifically about that storyline? Like, did you dig it or was it just not really a thing or, yeah, I, I mean, how did you feel about it? Okay, so, well, maybe, and I don't want to be too presumptuous, but I kind of felt like listening to your Granville Trap episode like i i maybe like you i was utterly confused by it i was uh i was really truly the whole carver of it all was i didn't get it i don't think i was alone in not getting it i i think that we were all just completely confused because like you said that second season man that was really special and to be a part of that was super cool. Um, I will say that... Well, okay, okay, okay. I have a couple of thoughts on it. At the time, I stand by what I just said. I was super confused, right? Like, I just didn't get it. I was like, what? Like, is I don't understand what this show is. Like, is this a show? Like, is this it? And then, and then you know... And I was not alone in that. Like, there was definitely a lot of, like, the sentiment amongst, like, the, the actors in particular was just kind of like what what are they doing you know kind of thing and uh um but if you rewind a little bit like i remember and I, and again i you know you see things so differently in hindsight but here's the truth of it man like when when nip tuck won that golden globe and you can see it on my face. Like, if you, if there are any, like, Google images, you can see it. Like, I'm the only one standing up there not smiling. And the, the, the video is on YouTube. Smiling. The video is on YouTube. I actually watched it yeah. recently. <laughs> yeah, if you watch it on YouTube, you kind of see me, like, I hug Julian. And I'm just sort of like, I'm trying to be a good sport, but I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly what was going on in that moment. And it was really weird. It was just, like, really meaning for me to experience it. Because we get up there... And I remember thinking, like, everything's going to be different now. And mm -hmm. I don't think I like that. And what I, and what I mean by that is I don't mean everything's going to be different for us as individuals, but meaning internally. Like, basically, I remember standing up there thinking, man, I really hope this doesn't change us for the worse. And, 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 and like, is this a good thing? Like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that this is actually a good thing creatively for us. And and I was I I remember being instantly sort of like concerned about that. And and um um it was like really weird, man, to be standing up there and like you're standing on that stage and like you see all these people that like I mean, fuck, you know, like I'm, I'm sitting there and like, I, I, I look and like, there's Leonardo DiCaprio, man, sitting right there. Like, 
like that dude, like I remember watching him in Romeo and Juliet, you know, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, like as a kid in Kentucky going, I can fucking do that. I know I can do that shit. And he's a badass. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like there he is. And it's like, you know, one of your fucking heroes. You know what I mean? And like, you know, even though he's like roughly your age, like not that much older, you're kind of like, you're like, like, God damn, like this is a moment to be relished, you know? And yet I was standing up there like going like, man, this is something like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know. This may not be so good. And then, and then season three happens. Right. And it's like, what is this? What the fuck's a carver? You know what I mean? Like what happened? And so, so you know what I'm saying? Like, so for me, I, and I'm not even saying this was accurate. I'm just saying I connected that. You know what I mean? Like at the time, I was like, okay, we won this thing. We were acknowledged for this thing. And by we really like Brian, you know, and, and the writers won this thing, right? Deservedly. Like they created it. They did it. And that, and now, and I was standing there being very concerned that things might change. And now things have changed. Like, and, and I'm not. I'm not in hindsight, I'm not even saying they were connected, but at the time, you know, you maybe you can understand like from my perspective, like the chain of events, like, oh, is this gonna change things? Oh, this happened, this is a big change. I don't like it, right? Yeah, and so yeah. so um so the carver was really weird, man. It was really weird for all of us, I think. Like I yeah. I, I I don't think I'm out of line in saying that, you know, Dylan and Julian were like concerned, but but also, Nip Tuck, it wasn't like an environment. You know, like a lot of TV shows, you know, your leads have the ability to kind of voice their concern. And 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 I actually, quite frankly, especially uh, as a writer, I don't agree with that. Like, I think, I think that an actor's job, quite frankly, is to facilitate the writer's story. Um, and And so, like... I actually totally agree with kind of the policy that we had on Nip Tuck, which is like, you don't really get to like say as an actor, like what, what the story is. Like your job is to do what's given to you. And I think that's, I think that's, I think that's appropriate. You know, I really do. Um, um, so it wasn't like Dylan and Julian could go and like voice their concern it was just sort of like we would talk about it on set of like, hey, man, so like what's going on? Like is this is this thing happening? And it just didn't make any sense to us. Like it just – like we just – and also because it would – I think it would have been like more embraced if somebody, whether it, whether it had been Ryan or you know another one of the writers had like – been like, hey, let's have a little powwow. So just so you know, we're doing this thing, right? It was like we were literally discovering it like you viewing it were discovering it. Like nobody told us like, hey, just so you know, this year it's going to get a little crazy. Hmm. We're doing this thing. Like it was like literally we would just get the scripts and be like, what? You know, and so <laughs> so it was it was just weird. It was just a weird shift. But here's my own little theory about season three. And I hope this makes sense. I think that what season three was, on in hindsight, right? I think it was like the first glimpse of... It was almost like the first toe in the water for Ryan Murphy to really develop into the storyteller that he's become. 
Hmm. I think I think it was like the first like dip in the water of of which I think is something that's really special about him of like okay yeah we got a good idea in Nip Tuck but like let's see let's see where we can let's see where we can really push this and 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 I'm interested meaning if I'm Ryan like you know he he's clearly shown in in subsequent years that he has a real interest in horror right yeah. and that he has a real interest in um um I don't I don't even know if this is quite frankly an appropriate use of this word but almost like a like a like a like a melodramatic approach to to horror right and yeah, like I agree with that and completely. I think that yeah and I think like in hindsight it's like what we what we're actually seeing with season 3 is like we're seeing a creator like start to like flex a little bit and like experiment and like ultimately like grow like I, I don't know if that you know so it's it's like it's funny at the time i fucking hated it but like on hindsight i can see it through the lens of of like almost more of an objective point of view and and though it's presumptuous to me i've never had this conversation with ryan like i'm just really guessing here but it's like i feel like what we're really seeing with season three is like a a, a, a supremely creative human being a phenomenally intelligent human being like take that first stab at at trying to flex like sort of break out of the cocoon that they had woven for themselves does that make sense yeah definitely yeah i mean it, it, it makes a lot of sense to me because i think i could kind of see where there were some good ideas there but it did feel like we were we were getting away from what i think the show is really good at which is yes. the, obviously the plastic surgery stuff but mostly those kind of interpersonal dynamics between the main characters and we didn't get a lot of that it got into almost kind of procedural kind of like murder mystery cop type show which was a little bit weird but yeah when you when you put it like that i could totally see it because you know ryan murphy's trying some stuff some of it works some of it doesn't um but yeah i can totally see how you guys as as a cast would would have been wondering what the hell's going on here but i mean what did you how did you feel about the little story arc that you were given towards the end of the uh, of the season where you know you you're hooking up with this white supremacist um you know (laughs) like but for me i this is one of the like it's one of the more normal things that Matt actually does. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but but even saying that, it's pretty weird. So I mean, uh, you know, I, I I'd love to know what your take is on on what they do with that little piece of it. Well, it's funny because um, it's just hilarious to me. Like, because I remember what a sweetheart Brittany Snow was. And it was just so funny to like see her play a white supremacist, you know, because like like as soon as they would call cut, it was just like she was just like literally like the sweetest person you could ever imagine like meeting and like so friendly and kind and cool. Uh, uh, but uh, you know, I remember it's funny because uh, that was when I shaved my head, right? Yes, like it was. there was yeah, like, yeah. Uh, okay, the so turn, really, what's that? It's like the big turn of the character, you know. He goes from yeah. being. Like, you know, like this kind of like wide-eyed, innocent kid who gets caught up in some stuff to something yeah. a bit of a badass, really. So that 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 scene where I shaved my head, like, I remember, why I remember that scene so well is because 
that was like the first scene in a long time that I got to play it exactly how I wanted to play it. So like what what started to happen with me and Nip Tuck a lot was like I, 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 I sort of started to push back a little bit, like like not vocally, but like through sort of I started to say to myself, like, okay, I'm not gonna play a young guy anymore. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna play this character like without age. Like I'm gonna bring my life experience to him, right? And so what I would what would happen to me a lot uh, in that season is like a director would say to me like, "Dude, that's f- fucking great for a 25 year old," like, but that ain't so great for an 18 year old. Hmm. So like, we gotta we gotta find that young kid again. And it was just like I hated hearing that at the time, you know, which sort of connects to like my whole hesitation about doing it at the fir- in the first place, right? And, and, but, so I, you know, would then try to, you know, whatever with the director, like fumble around and find like a younger sort of tone to Matt. But I, I kind of knew in that scene that they had to get it in one take because I was really shaving my head. (laughs) And so, um, uh, and, and, and I remember the director, Elodie King, who's just an awesome director. She, she said to me, she was like, Hey, so no pressure, but like, don't, don't fuck up your lines because (laughs) like, you know, you're shaving your head and like, I can't, I can't edit around. Like if you fuck up, it's, it's, it's ruined. And I was just kind of like, Oh, interesting. (laughs) So, so the one thing I'll say about that scene, I haven't seen that scene in a long time, but like, I just remember in the moment, like, you know, that was, it was just so freeing to know that nobody was going to come up to me afterwards and give me a note because they couldn't. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I just did what I did, you know, and it was, it was also so great because there was something weird about shaving my head in the scene and with Dylan and, and the thing about Dylan Walsh. And I think anybody that's worked with him would say this about him, that dude, I mean, dude, I'm telling you, like, I sometimes wonder if the camera can really capture how good he is. Like that guy is a fucking monster, man, when it comes to acting. Like he is he is so damn good. So when you're in a scene with him, he's just so present and so right there and I, I do remember that, man. I know I know it sounds super self-indulgent. Like I'm feeling like a total douchebag talking about <laughs> it in this way, but like it it, it really um that was a cool scene. That was like, that was probably, uh, and I know, I know that doesn't do much to answer your question, Nick, but, but, but like it, that was out of that whole season, that scene, like just also being there with Dylan. Cause I always felt a real strong connection to Dylan. I always, I always really loved working with him. Like Dylan in so many ways, uh, in almost every way, like, you know, he really like set the example of, sort of what it is to be a lead on a show like and that guy that guy showed up like with his game face on every single day like there was not one day that he didn't come like fully prepared to go and so like on that scene you know when we were doing that like he had no problem like kind of i think he may have even said to me at some point like hey dude like i'm just here for you man like you know just because he was like 
I know you're juggling a lot. Like you got these goddamn clippers in your hand, and like you know, so like, so like I'm gonna I'm gonna try like not to like step on your shit. Like I'm gonna just follow your lead, you know. And and that was cool, man, because like he he you know Dylan was number one on the call sheet. You know what I mean? Like when Ryan wrote Nip Tuck, the pilot Dylan Walsh. Um, I don't know if he talked about this on that panel that he that did. he saw, but yeah. but yeah, like he it, that that that's all legit, man. Like written, he wrote it for Dylan. With, that's crazy. Yeah. 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 Wrote it for Dylan and then saw him at a bar, if I remember the story correctly, and like walked up to him. It was like, you don't know me, but my name's Ryan Murphy and tomorrow morning you're going to get a script. And then, and Dylan was just like, whatever. And like, then apparently really the rude day, or something. Ryan Murphy was explaining how he was just such yeah. a dick to him. <laughs> he was so <laughs> rude to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think he was just sort of like, okay. Like, because I think, I mean, I think, you know, from Dylan's point of view, it was just like, yeah, who's going to write a script for me? Like, what are you, like, what are you, what? You know? And, <laughs> and, uh, you must be a loser, you know? And then, <laughs> and then, uh, then Neptuck shows up on his doorstep. So it was just doubly cool, man. That was a cool day. It was a cool day. And it just spoke to, like, you know, I was, I was glad to, to, on the one day where I got to sort of f- flex, for lack of a better word, and not even emotionally, but just like actually do what I wanted to do. And uh, it was cool that Dylan was the one that I was in the scene with because I, I always really loved working with that guy. And you got to punch him too. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, it's one of those things. I think season three is that, and and you know, we've talked about it in our episodes that you actually get some meaty stuff to do, um, and some of your, you know, your big acting scenes are just really, really impressive. Um, and you know, I think we've commented on on the show that you know just you're kind of really coming out of your shell in that season and it's just it's really fun to kind of watch the evolution of this character um and some of that that, that really shitty stuff that happens to him starts to come through in the character so yeah i mean it's 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 hard to watch at times but that season three is you know for me it's a real kind of joy to kind of watch your character evolve into something else so I'll, I'll oh thanks man that, that 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 means that means an awful lot to hear i mean i i and I, and I don't say this to try to sound like uh, whatever, like sort of self-deprecating or anything. I mean, I, I, I that means an awful lot. It, it, it was really, it was all the, it was all the writers. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, it was the, you know, and and I was, I was, I was happy to get the opportunity, you know, for for real to to do it. It was cool. It was a lot of fun. Was that the season? Was that the season where I got peed on? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You don't forget that in a hurry. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't. It was just so weird because I remember all those dudes. They were like all these stuntmen, like dressed up like women, and they were they were also like buff and like these martial arts experts. And like it was just so funny. It was just so funny. And yeah, it was it was Gatorade for the record. It was oh, Gatorade. And, like, they really came like, on you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they really did. They really. Did. I was like, no, guys, method do acting. Do it. do it. Yeah, for real, for real. Just do it. Just do it. Do it, guys. Um, yeah, no, that was that was a that was a fun day. That was, I mean, that was hilarious. It's interesting because I mean, I guess at the time of recording, this is sort of day that we've just finished season three, at least in terms of our recording schedule. So we're just about to start season four. But I think, I mean, there's not really a whole lot with Matt in season four because I guess it's kind of his calmer season in many. Ways, but I think the thing that I found really interesting in watching that panel was the fact that kind of you know Ryan sort of talked a lot about the fact how season four really tried to ground the show back to its roots. Yep. And, and and I know yep. that 
Season four is not often regarded by a lot of Nip Tuck fans as a great season, and yet I'm championing, trying to champion it as a great season. I think it's a very underrated season, and to me, it's it's a fantastic season of of television as well. I think kind of you know maybe the last complete season of Nip Tuck that I think is great because you know five and six are going to go into some interesting boundaries, but <laughs> yeah. I, I think like. I mean, I, I found that interesting just that he was saying that about how he was trying to ground that and kind of what you were saying yep. there about the whole Carver stuff. And really with Matt, as I said, there's nothing really whole to talk about for you. You get with Kimber, you discover Scientology and you have a baby. That's about it. Um, but I oh, mean, yeah, that's right. Did you at least appreciate the fact kind of going what you're saying about season three that four really did bring that back to, I guess, 100 percent, 100 percent. Yeah, it's actually it's so wild to talk to you guys about this because, I mean, I'm telling you, man, like I have not thought about Nip Tuck in... I mean, my God, so long. I mean, like, there's nothing, like, there's nothing, you know, like, my wife, man, like, she's never seen an episode of Nip Tuck, you know oh, what wow. I mean? Like, there's nothing, in, <laughs> yeah, like, there's nothing in my house that would, like, you would never know that, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just so funny, so it's so funny talking to you about this, and, and uh, you know, man, because I'm just like, I keep it real, guys. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, We're going to send some paparazzi uh, to your house to just bring back some <laughs> memories for oh, you. Oh, believe me, believe me, you would literally have to pay them. <laughs> so much money um <laughs> but the uh um what was i gonna say the uh season four i do remember so, it is while talking to you all man because it really brings back like so much of it um um it was exactly what you just said it was like a breath of fresh air it was there was i remember distinctly us all sort of very cautiously um, sharing a sigh of relief as we started to get the scripts, and I I I, I remember that distinctly. Like we, because you know, actors. It's it's funny. A friend of mine who's um, he's a producer, and he's he's he uh, he's, he he <laughs> refers to actors as uh, he's like you actors. You're just it's like working with a just a little den of snakes he's like you just get together and have your little conversations and, <laughs> and it's kind of true in a way like we don't nobody's plotting or anything but there is a there's 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 little talks you know because you're you're you, like i said you're you're kind of like at least your professional life like your working lives like literally what you're doing that day is completely in the hands of others you know so you you kind of find the only other people who are as powerless as you and you kind of like commune with them of like hey so what, what what are they going to do to us today you know and uh and and i remember that was season four we all kind of got together and we're like man am i crazy or is it like is it like nip tuck again like i kind of feel like we're kind of feel like we're back on the show and it was um it was cool like that was that was that was just in general that was like a very if i remember correctly it was a very easy season to do and it was also cool for me because i had never uh, uh worked with kelly hmm. um that was like that was like really the first sort of time that we um got to spend any time together and and work together and um yeah so that that was that was actually really cool cuz it's kind of funny right like your coworker but like I didn't, I didn't really know her. You know what I mean? Like we didn't, we didn't spend any time together at all. At that point, she's just together. ticking off the McNamara's. I mean, God, she'd gone through Sean, she'd gone through Christian, Matt. You know, Connor probably grew up eventually at one point, and she probably had a go at him. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. It's so crazy, right? It's just so crazy. Like, yeah, yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. 
So funny. Yeah. But yeah, I, that, so yeah, season four, I remember that was when, now was that, I, I remember, so that was obviously because you said it earlier, that was the whole Scientology thing. Yeah. Which was like, which was very, that was the only thing that, I mean, again, I think it speaks to my lack of uh, awareness, because like, I remember doing an interview with the LA Times, and I remember that Ryan, they came to interview Ryan about the whole Scientology thing, and he didn't want to do the interview. So they ended up interviewing Kelly and I, and it wasn't supposed to be us at all. It was supposed to be like an interview with Nip Tucker and Ryan Murphy. <laughs> and I only realized after the fact that he had kind of thrown us under the bus. Because <laughs> then we were there like having to talk about the Scientology storyline, and we were just like, fuck, I don't know, like whatever. You know, it is just so... It was so strange because I didn't realize, you know, like at the time it was like, I didn't realize it was, you know, I, I didn't give a fuck. Like, I didn't care if we were, if Matt was a Scientologist or a Catholic or whatever, converted to Judaism, like it meant nothing to me. You know what I mean? Like, I was just like, yeah, whatever. And I, I was so um, sort of uh, not even surprised, but like, yeah, a little, I was like surprised that not even the backlash, because I don't know that there was backlash, but the the attention and the sort of eyes that it got, you know, not only from, you know, Scientology itself, but, but, but from, um, sort of the Hollywood community, right? Mm -hmm. Like people were, you know, there, there was a little bit of, I guess, controversy to that, that at the time I didn't appreciate because I just, I just didn't know. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't care. You're just and playing actually, a character. Funny, you don't want all that attention. I'm just, I was literally just playing a character. I had I had no skin in the game. And, and like I said, the the religion itself was totally irrelevant to me. Like, I, I could care less what label. Because that's just also me as a person. Like, I don't give a fuck what people think or believe. About, you know, like, that's their yeah. business. You know what I mean? Like, and so... And and uh, so I was like, I remember being because I actually remember I was at Sundance that year that the season aired because I, I was in a movie that got to go to Sundance. And that was cool. That was a really fun experience. And I do remember this really well. And it honestly, it made me it made me sad. Um, it made me feel bad. It was the only time it was the only time that I ever felt bad as an actor for being a part of something, and it was this. I, w I won't say who they were, but the, the the mother of actors who I guess are known, you know, Scientologists, she came up to me, and she was very sweet and very nice, and she said to me, she said, why why did you do that? And I said, what What do you mean? And she said, why, why would you portray Scientology in that way? And I said to her, I said, well, ma'am, your sons are actors, so I, I, I would hope you'd understand that, you know, an actor's job, we're just, you know, we're just there to, you know, I, I, I was just telling the story that was given to me to tell. And she was very kind. She said, I do understand that. She said, I really, truly do. But then she, like, very gently put her hand on my shoulder, and she said, but my boys are good boys. Mm. She's like, they're really nice young men. And she's like, and that hurt. And then she just walked away. Huh. And it fucking crushed me, man. Wow. Like, I was just, because it was like, like, it humanized the whole thing. Yeah. And it was like, 
really unexpected, right? Because I think, like, it's easy for outsiders to sort of, like, rip any religion, right? Like, meaning if you're inclined to do that. Like, it's, you could pick apart any belief system, right? I think if you really sat down and gave it a go. And it was just, like, it was suddenly human. You know what I mean? Like, I was suddenly, like, holy shit. Like, yeah. this is somebody's mom. Like, it's somebody's mom. And she's, like, literally defending the quality of her sons, like, to me. because Based on someone you were sort of portraying on screen. Yes. Yeah. 100%. And it totally caught me off guard, man. Like, I was wow. really, really, uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember I remember that. Like, I, I felt, like, um, uh, like, almost a little ashamed. Not ashamed. That's too strong a word. But, yeah, man, it got me. Like, it really got me. Yeah. So, anyway, anyway, so as... Arguably docile as season four was off camera, it led to kind of one of the more, <laughs> uh, um, you know, emotional exchanges emotional I've had with anybody. Well, yeah, I mean, no, for sure, for, for the sure. love of for the love of God, uh, John, if that's kind of the emotional reaction you're getting off a calm season, God, we're about to get to some juicy <laughs> stuff here because I mean, I feel that on this show, given that we we started hashtag Paul Matt like season one, I think it's really <laughs> it's so great that you guys did that. I love it. <laughs> so, season it's five so and perfect. six, it amps it up. I mean, really like. God, like let's let's just go over some of season five, shall we? Um, you you obviously big move. Obviously the shift show the show gets shifted to, to Hollywood, and I'll get your opinion on that in a minute. But kind of just with Matt, uh, you show up. You you've, you're claiming you've left Kimber. You know, um, I need help, please, Dad, help me. But no, you're actually just secretly getting some money off your your dads to go and help your uh, spiraling crystal meth addiction with Kimber. Um, meanwhile, <laughs> you uh, happen to try and possibly get into gay porn. But uh, doesn't quite <laughs> yeah, go out right. to, go out to it. Um, <laughs> then you kind of keep going off the bandwagon and end up nearly killing yourself by blowing yourself up in a meth lab. You fall in love with a uh, suicide bomb survivor who then basically rejects you because she's not attracted to you. Followed oh my up. god! I completely <laughs> forgot about that. Jesus Christ! Oh, yeah, just, keep going. Uh, follow- <laughs> Followed up by then, you uh, seek solace in a young southern girl who seems all nice and all there, but she turns out to be your biological sister. Um, And then you eventually admit that you want to go into um, medicine, but then, no, actually, no, I only want to become an actor and play one on screen. That's only season five. Let's let's be honest, it gets even juicier in season six, but hashtag poor Matt here, John. Where do you even begin with that storyline? <laughs> Where do you begin? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Poor Matt. I just, I just, I can't wait to eat. Nick's just going, wow, why are we not up to these episodes yet? Um, but I mean, like, in all seriousness, like, it must be fun to, like, play some of these areas and everything along those lines. And I mean, the show really did change in season five. A lot of people didn't like it. They claimed it jumped the shark yep. and everything along those yep. lines. But I don't yep. know. I find at least half of season five really fun. Um, <laughs> the second half, maybe Here's, not so. Yes. But yeah. Okay. So just in general, like kind of going from broad strokes and then getting into <laughs> details, like it kind of like with the Carver with season, like it's all in hindsight, right? Like if anybody had come to me and said, cause also, okay, here's maybe a little inside baseball you know like a little too behind the scenes but you know by this point i mean it's just this is just the facts by this point there was virtually and and i think it's as much a byproduct of just you know by that point we were in season five right like the show had been around for a little while 
there was virtually zero I mean there was zero communication between the writers and Ryan and the cast like like by that point it it was kind of a like a an internal machine right like and and like Ryan was I think by that point like really strongly pursuing other things um while still obviously devoted to Nip Tuck but like my point being is is that the like any production you're on it's kind of like a big living organism and by that point the the organism was kind of like it was just living like there was no the legs no longer were connected to the brain it was just sort of like it was moving right so there Mm. was a real there was a real and I, i don't even mean like emotional it wasn't like a thing of strife or anything there was just like a disconnect between um the people generating the story and then the people who were on set telling the story and so had anyone come to me and like let me in on the joke of like, hey, so season five is going to be fucking crazy. <laughs> and, you know, you should just embrace how crazy it is and go for it. I think I would have, you know, who knows, but I think I would have maybe even, I don't like using the word play because it's like, it, it suggests manipulation, but I think I would have approached some of season five differently, you know? And, and so, um, um, but because I didn't know, because I was just literally like, things were getting revealed, like as they were coming to me in the script, it was like, what? Like, you know, so it was like, it was almost like, so wait a minute, are we like, is this a comedy? You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know. Like, I was like, is this like, are we like, is Nip Tuck? And I actually think I started saying that on set to like people i was like floating out the theory i was like so like i think this might be a comedy like this is some sort of weird i was like it's certainly satirical i was like but like i think like we're crossing into like i feel like we should be playing this like a comedy like you know like i was kind of like floating that out there a little bit because but it was weird because i was talking about a show that i had been on for years at that point you know what i mean so it was like I was just like really flying blind. Like I didn't know what to do or like how to approach it. So I just kind of went along for the ride. Because if you think about it from a comedic point of view, it's fucking hilarious. Like yeah. it's really funny. Like Matt's art could have been really funny. And I mean that like as a compliment. Like everything that happened to him like could have been like like really great. Like Like really memorable if it were if it were played like comedy, you know, and, and, um, but, but I didn't know. So I just kind of like went with it, you know, and and it was just such a weird ride. Like, yeah, like you even just saying it, like, I remember the gay porn. Was that the season that had John Schneider in it? Yeah. Yep. It was. Oh my God. That was he Ram. That was his, that's his name. Ram Peters. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The the weirdest thing for me, John, in watching that was because like, I only knew him from Smallville. So I'm like, oh, here he is. Oh, you know, innocent, you know, uh, Jonathan Kent, father of Clark. And here he is, is like this, you know, hard nut porn producer, basically getting you to do gay porn and hooking up with Kimba. (laughs) 
<laughs> he's so it's so funny because I, it's funny you said smallville i knew him from uh dukes of hazard oh when yeah, i was of a course. little kid yeah 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 and i was just like i was like i couldn't believe i was standing across from one of the duke boys and like <laughs> that you know he was like yeah it was just so weird for me and uh and it was also strange because i mean maybe this is maybe this is me uh blowing things up in my memory but but like he he's a big man john snyder like he's big he's like tall and broad and and i remember just being like god this dude's like super intimidating you know what i mean but he but like not not like in his attitude but just like in his presence Mm. and i was like jesus christ like yeah this would be a hard guy to stand up to um like if that scene's coming you know where matt like stands his ground and um um yeah it was just so weird and the and yeah that's right the bomb victim um oh my god what was her name bin natan was her last name was her surname it was uh rachel yeah oh my god i can't believe i remember that you have no idea how proud of myself i am right now uh yeah so like yeah i yeah i i remember all of that and that was um Christ, what was her name? The, the the actor, she's she's awesome. Is it Maggie? Um, uh, I yeah, I'll, I'll pull that up for us here in a sec. I don't actually have that. Bit I know in front she of me, was but... in she was in Mad Men and uh, I think Sons of Anarchy for for she was like she was Jax's girlfriend. Uh, Maggie um, Sif. Maggie Sif. There you go, Maggie yeah. Sif. Like yeah, because I remember I remember I think the first time I saw her, she was in makeup. And then I remember seeing her without her makeup and being like, "Oh my god, you're you're so gorgeous." Um and uh um she was also so good. She was really great in that show and I think um yeah, it's just so funny, man, remembering all these things, you know, that you see about people. Um so uh yeah, what the hell else happened this? I don't know. I don't you know what to say sister? about it, man. It was just um... <laughs> Oh god, that's right. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be a season of Nip Tuck without some form of incest, so... Uh. <laughs> and it was just, God, I remember that so well. So it was, this thing, uh, it, was, it was so random, though, because it was kind of comes out of nowhere and it kind of goes nowhere. But it's just like, it's just kind of, it was just funny. Because like, well, I swear I they're remember, just dicking around with Matt at this point. They're just legitimately coming compl- up with well, things to do with they, him. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think I think in a lot of ways they were. Like, I think, because um, I, I think by that point, I'd kind of started saying in interviews and I think people took it as like a joke, but I really wasn't joking. Like I, and I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm glad, I'm glad this didn't happen to him, but I swear to God, I was like, well, surely he's going to commit suicide. Like surely, like (laughs) surely that's going to happen. Like I really, like I truly thought I was like, there's only so much a guy can take. Like hashtag poor Matt. Like he's going. Like he's he's definitely going. Like and I just I just thought I was like, well, better start looking for another job. Like I think this one's gonna be over soon. And um, yeah, totally, dude. I did. And and they and um, that's right when he slept with his sister. But the thing that at the time I thought was so hysterical is that he kept wanting to do it. <laughs> like the fact that he found out it was his sister. It was just like, ah, but it's just so good. I gotta like, have it. It's, you know? it's a connection. We've never felt this connection before. Well, because you're related, <laughs> maybe. Um, that's yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know what's so funny? It's like, it's funny what you say about since Nip Tuck. And it's like now, you know, it's like it, it was so weird and taboo. And like even like like acting it, I was just like, what the fuck? Like, why is this guy going back for more? Like, Jesus Christ, man. 
But it's like then you've got like you know couple of the year on Game of Thrones, you know <laughs> Jamie and Cersei. You know it's like it's like that stuff. It's 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 so funny, man. Or or like hell, even John and Daenerys. You know it's like they're 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 uh, you know whatever they are, aunt and nephew. It's it's uh it's uh it's just so funny, man. It's just so funny. But I I remember I remember being so tickled by that when we were. We were shooting those episodes because I was like, I can't believe this dude just keeps going back. Like he can't, like he just, well, he just doesn't get it. Well, I mean, it gets even better in season six. So let's quickly just go over things. I mean, all I have to say oh, is, um, Matt as a mime. Um, I mean, <laughs> that's that's kind of where things start, right? Um, just honestly, where do you go when you read a script? Uh, yes, uh, John, hi, here's a script. Uh, you'll be playing a mime, uh, <laughs> a criminal mime who robs I, stores. <laughs> I I remember distinctly when uh, when I started getting those scripts and. Um, it was well. Well, what I remember is, is I remember getting um, a phone call from a producer on the show, and they said, "So we have this storyline where you're because I would I would get these calls sort of like every I don't know every other season. Like one one season, it was um, they wanted Matt. Like Matt got really into like working out for a second, mm-hmm. and so they were like." And I remember, I remember I got this phone call. It's a true story. I got a phone call from one of the writers at the time, and he was like, uh, and he was like a big like workout guy. This writer, like he was just fucking like he was jacked, and he was like, uh, he's like, so uh, we got the storyline with Matt. He's like, you know, um, and Matt gets really obsessed with working out, and uh, so we're gonna need you to get as big as you possibly can. Hmm. And I remember I said to him, I was like, well we start shooting in two weeks, man. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, yeah, no, I know it's a little late. I was like, yeah, so I don't really know what I can do. And he was like, well, I'm not saying to do steroids. And I was like, I was like, I was like, well, I was like, ah. I was like, I'll do everything I can. How about that? And then, and then, uh, and they, they got me a trainer and, and I didn't do steroids for the record, although I, probably would have uh but uh i didn't and uh and um um uh and as as evident in the episodes i clearly didn't do steroids and uh um but but and then the next call i got was that was uh so we have this storyline where matt becomes a mime bandit and i was like what what do you mean man what's a mime bandit and they're like well he becomes a mime and then he starts robbing places as a mime and i was just i was like okay cool sounds great and they said but here's the thing we're gonna hire a mime coach for you and this guy's great because he trained under Marcel Marceau. Wow. And I was like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? And they said, yes. We're going to get him for you. And so you're going to have to start training with him. And so I did. They hired this guy. And I'm embarrassed that I can't remember his name. And I apologize to him if he ever somehow hears this. Because he deserves all the credit in the world. Because he was an incredibly nice man. And I'm truly embarrassed. I can't remember who what his name was. But that poor guy met me at paramount studios like every other day for i don't even know how long 
and did his best to train me in the art of mime. And because because it was just, I mean, well, you can imagine what it was like. I mean, I mean, look, mime is a great art, and it's really cool to like kind of get to know your body. But I mean, it's, I mean. <laughs> I'll just say it's its own special thing. And like, I was, I was really, it was quite an experience. And, um, I remember going and performing the routine for Ryan in his office. And it was so, it was so nice to see him laugh so hard when I went in there as a mime and did my whole little routine and uh yeah it was it was quite something and um god you want to talk about i mean i remember shooting scenes uh i think we were in santa monica i'm not sure but we were on the beach like in public and like here i am like in this mime outfit with like this <laughs> You know, it was just so bizarre, dude. And it was just so strange and weird. And I just remember thinking, like, how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> like, like, what? Remember, remember like, when I wanted what? to be a, only a guest star on this show? You're on the phone to your manager. I, like, dude, what that the fuck? Was li- yes, 100%. <laughs> that was literally where I was. I was like, oh, my God. Like, what? Like, what happened to me? Like, what happened to me? Like, what, where did, how did I end up here? Like, I'm, I'm a mime, like, on the beach. Like, and it's, it's just, like, <laughs> I mean, it's so weird, dude. It's I will so say, I mean, for, for such a, you know, so-so season, uh, season six, I have to say, probably the Matt stuff is maybe the best stuff of it, because, I mean, kind of, you know, it does give you some great, you have, um, just the memorable scenes you have with, um, you know, Christian and Sean when it comes to you, I guess, eventually getting caught and sort of turned into the cops. Oh, yes. And then, like, even just, you know, you in jail, and you and I talked a little bit about this off air, the fact that you basically become someone's bitch who then wants you to get yes. breast implants to which you want to yes. do. So Matt's about to get breast implants. Oh, God, this stuff, it's like, it feels like I'm making it up, but just wait till we get to season six, people, if you're not up to this yet. Um, <laughs> just, you know, uh, you essentially, uh, what, choking someone with a bra? I mean, you were telling me this, I guess, off air, the story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, so... Yeah, that was crazy. Like that whole jail thing was uh was really wild. So I'm in prison. So Matt gets caught. Like he shows up. I'm, I can't believe all oh, this is like really flooding back now. <laughs> I yeah, like he gets he gets shot or something, and then he he like he makes it to Christian's house. And like yeah, I just remember that. I remember like Julian opening the door, and I'm like Christian, and then I fall, and and uh, um he gets put in prison. And the the actor that they cast as my prison mate, as my sort of, I don't know what the opposite of a bitch is, but like the guy who, you know, whatever, uh, my daddy, I don't know, whatever. And uh, he, he, uh, he he's this actor who, who's appropriately named Patrick Kilpatrick. And, uh, <laughs> and um, he was like this big... Uh, I mean, you know, sort of brooding guy, and um, and he would he would say things. I, by the way, me saying this, I, I hope he sees the humor in it and doesn't fucking kill me if I ever cross paths with him on the street. Um, but he he because uh, he's, he's a large man. He he uh, 
he would say things like, uh, he'd be like, I'm always, uh, I'm always getting beat up by little guys on screen. All you <laughs> little guys. He's like, they always, they always say, they always make them beat me up. I remember being in an elevator with Tom Cruise. He's like so little and he like beats me up in this elevator. He's like, I'm really, really glad I finally get to beat, beat up a little guy. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I'm like, yeah, okay, we're acting, dude. Like, we're acting. Like, it's cool. Like, you know, because he's saying this, like, between takes, right? And, and and the first time he smacked me, I mean, he fucking smacked me. Like, it was like, it was more like an open hand punch. Like, he fucking smacked me. And, and, and uh, John Scott, the director, <laughs> came up to me after the take and he was like, hey, hey, man, that that looked really violent. Like that looked real. And I was like, yeah, it was he fucking hit me. And then, and then he was like, Oh, would well, you, do you want me to say something to him? And as I was saying to Ben earlier, like, like kind of my thing, right. Is like, I don't think there's anything wrong with like getting, getting a little blood on the floor. And, and what I mean by that is like, I think it's okay to go home at night feeling like you did something like physically. Cause so much of your time on set is just spent, like sitting around that like I'm I'm okay with like getting a little physical and 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 feeling as though like it was worth it. So I was like, no, 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 John, it's good. Like let's just let's just do it, man. Like let's just roll with it and you know, we'll see what happens. And he and John said to me, he was like, Well listen, man, should we should we get a safety word? And John and I happen to be big fans of um Trey Parker and Matt Stone's movie Team America World Police. And so I said to him, I was like, oh, how about our safety word is I start waving my arms above my head and I just go, it's me, it's me. <laughs> and then like you call cut and you run in and save me. And uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, that'll be great. He's like, it'll be hilarious. Like, OK, that's a safety word. And so we go and do a few more takes. Things get more and more physical. Like Patrick actually lands a few punches like into my gut. And like one time he like he gets it pretty good on in on me. Um and 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 I look right in the camera and I go, it's me, it's me. <laughs> and then I just hear John Scott like back behind the monitors. He goes, <laughs> fucking Hensley, yeah, let's go again. <laughs> and so so I'm literally, I'm literally like screaming for help as Patrick Kilpatrick like proceeds to beat the hell out of me uh, between takes and or, or, or you know and uh, and and then it came time for me to get mine in on him, which is that I. Uh, I guess Matt chokes him. If I remember correctly, he might even kill him. Like he takes the bra yeah. and like chokes him. Yeah. And and uh, and I remember Patrick saying to me before the take, he was like, "Uh, just take it easy on my neck." And I was like, "Yeah, fucking right, homie." <laughs> and I just like <laughs> as soon as they called action, I was just cranking on that thing. I was like, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna put you to sleep, son." And, <laughs> I I definitely gave it a little extra beans for sure, but uh, uh, yeah, that was that was a that was a that was a really funny night, man. Like God, it was so weird because it's just it's also so weird to like have to wear like uh, I mean unless it's what you're into, but I just happen to not be into it, so it's like really fucking weird to like be walking around in a black bra, you know, and uh, you know all day long with like pr you know a prison jumpsuit and a black bra, you know, with your co-workers who at that point you've just like spent years with and you're just like yep you know kind of like the mime thing it's like <laughs> god if anybody had said like hey dude 
if you take this job, it'll be one of the best jobs you've ever had, but there will be a day where you will be wearing a black bra <laughs> and playing the girlfriend of Patrick Kilpatrick. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, Who knows what goodness. I would have said? Oh, it's so funny. But I mean, I think kind of, you know, as I said, season six, I mean, essentially... God, your listeners are going to be like, this fucking idiot. Like, he's just <laughs> talking all this shit. Like, I, uh, I hope... Nip Tuck fans are losing it right now, just how good this well, is. I'm, but um, yeah. I guess the conclusion of Matt, at least, I mean, you know, I mean, he gets out, gets with gets a carpet job, Goes to get married, but in comes oh, in right. comes Ava, uh, as you know she should, and you know he kind of I guess leaves with Ava off to Paris and kind of you know to raise their daughter and hopefully fall in love because Ava's obviously like oh I'm in love with as you, you do and, yeah casually of course I mean I'd be off to going to Paris with Famke Jansen even if she's not in love with me I'm down with that but um I mean just I guess in general how did you feel about I guess the conclusion of Matt's story I mean were you satisfied with Matt and kind of how he ended and, and guess, you know, leaving it open the way they do to sort of think about what potentially he's up to with her in Paris. Or was there something unsatisfactory about how you felt Matt ended on the show? Yeah. Okay. At the time, it, 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 truth be told, I was, I think, definitely unsatisfied with how things ended with Matt and I and and at the time if I'm remembering accurately the reason why I was unsatisfied is I think quite frankly it goes back to I really felt like I really felt like Matt should kill himself hmm. and and the reason why I felt that way was because um, kind of like hashtag poor Matt. <laughs> I felt like you know, and I and I and I and I, I, I felt like maybe if he did that, it would provide the other characters with a rare moment of reflection on some of the horrible choices that they made. And so, um, so I, and, and the reason why I felt it should be Matt is because, um, I always regarded Matt in a lot of ways as like a victim. Right. And what I mean by that is, yeah, he made some really bad choices, but it was almost as though he had, he was saddled with the mentality of being like a victim of his own circumstance, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and yeah. so like, he never, like, yeah, he, 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 he was never really, um, he was never really like a, like a super proactive guy, you know? And so he was always sort of reactive and, and like a victim of those around him. Like, like, and so I always thought that, it would be really appropriate and really earned and justified if he would commit suicide. And, and, and not that, not that I want to be very clear. I'm not advocating that people who live, you know, horrible lives of dysfunction do that. I'm saying for the sake of this story, I thought like it would be a really interesting moment for, um, 
for everyone else? Like, like how would that affect Sean and Christian and Julia and even Kimber, you know, having, you know, her being the mother of his child and, you know, would that give them all a moment to like actually finally pause and be like, Jesus Christ, like, what have we been doing? You know? Mm -hmm. And, 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 and so I, and not to make it like Matt even more important than he is or anything and not to try to make it about me, but that's, that really is what I thought at the time. I thought, man, that, that's the fucking way to do this. Like that would be so cool and unexpected. Uh, and just interesting to like, what if they actually ended the show with like this remarkably like, like human moment of like, you know, if Matt, if Matt sort of goes away, like at the end of the second act and then the next two acts, like you wrap up those characters, but sort of like in this human way to where like they see like how, you know, things have not led to the most uh, wonderful place. Which and just so, to interrupt you quickly was, there, John, sorry. I mean, yeah, I, please. Fascinating you say that because I mean that's kind of what they did with Kimber, isn't it? I mean she's implied that she's killed herself by jumping off the boat. <laughs> no, um, but it's like so... off screen and she just like jumps off a boat. It's like you so never see weird. Her again. It's like we we laughed so hard, like when when that all went down. Like you, oh god, because we literally we would just suddenly look at each other, like we just like we'd be in the middle of a scene and we'd just look at each other and be like. So Kimber just jumped off a boat, I guess. Like you know, it just it just became like this thing because it was so just. It was just awful. It was like it was so like just unceremonious. It was yeah. like, I mean, they they don't even show her like jumping. It was just like, oh, did you hear about Kimber? Yeah, she jumped off a boat. It's like, oh, you mean this character that's like been here since day one? Like, oh, you mean this woman who's been like abused and manipulated and like you know yeah. torn apart you know by virtually everybody she's come in contact with yeah she just jumped off a boat <laughs> you know, it's, like, <laughs> it's so weird dude like and it, i remember there was like a version of the script and maybe i'm wrong about that but i'm pretty positive there was like a draft of that script or shit did this actually happen i don't know there was a draft of the script and if this actually happened on the show you'll tell me now but like, where she like washed up in Mexico, she like no, that doesn't make the show. She, she's okay, never seen okay. again. She's so, off the boat, and it's okay. just it's implied that she's killed herself. So That's there it. was there was totally a draft. There was totally a draft. <laughs> this is so much I can't believe I'm saying this, but <laughs> there was totally a draft where Kimber straight up like, which also you have to keep in mind like how far she would have had to drift <laughs> in the open water. <laughs> And, like, not die. And how does the current like, take like, his, like, I don't know how currents work. Never mind. Anyway, yeah. sorry. <laughs> well, whatever. The, the freaking Pacific Ocean, you know, shark-infested cold waters <laughs> off the coast of Southern California. So, basically, she falls off a boat off the coast of Malibu. And there was a draft where, like, she, like, drifted, like, whatever it is, you know, uh, uh, 90 nautical miles. <laughs> And washed up in Mexico, and is like found by this Mexican fisherman or something. <laughs> and I I remember this now. It was a draft, and we were just all like, "What the fuck? Like, what is this?" And then and then it went from that to like her just disappearing, you know, off a boat. So so while I respect the fact that you say that, they didn't really like honor it. You know what I mean? Mm, like it yeah. wasn't, and it was just sort of like, nah, yeah. 
Did you hear about Kimber? She, uh... Which sums up season six, John. I mean, look, you know, it's it's kind of... I think Ryan had kind of left a lot at that point, hadn't he? Because it wasn't he off filming Eat, Pray, Love yes. or something like that. So he kind of yep. wasn't a lot, yep. lot heavily yep. involved with the final season. And it shows. I mean, I love Nip Tuck, but season six just kind of gets a bit of... Yeah. <laughs> Bro, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. It was... It was... Look, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. And... And... Let's just say that there were some candid conversations. I mean, look, man, like, like, you know, like people literally, like, literally came up to us like during the shooting of that episode and like apologized. <laughs> like they were wow. like, "Hey, so we're kind of sorry about this, but uh, <laughs> ah, you know, you'll pull it off." <laughs> like, okay, you'll be right. <laughs> and so, yeah, and exactly. They're like, "Meh," you know, and uh, um. Um, and, and, and it was the only time in my life, like kind of, kind of like one of my things, like, like when I was acting and stuff, like, like one of the things that I really almost enjoyed, and again, kind of going back to that a little bit sadistic side of things is that, um, I didn't mind getting bad dialogue and I didn't mind getting sort of ill-conceived plot points and and sort of story points and and almost poorly written scripts and it, it, at times and the reason why is because I kind of took it as a personal challenge it was like okay how do I how do I not even ad lib like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna change the words at all I'm gonna stick to the script but how do I like it'll be a real fun challenge to figure out how to really make this work and I and I don't and I'm gonna do this without being the guy that asks a question on set. Like, I'm just going to show up, hit my mark, say my line, and do it in a way to where, like, hopefully nobody knows that I find this script challenging, right? And by challenging, I don't mean because it's, like, complex. I mean challenging because I regard it as bad, Mm -hmm. right? Now, I've been very fortunate in that, I, you know, I haven't had, like, that many of those. Um, What I will say... And this is speaking candidly, is that poor John Scott, the director of, of the final episode of Nip Tuck, the same guy that I screamed, uh, it's me, it's me, into the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I remember saying to him at one point, I said, uh, and I forget the scene, but it was something at the airport with Ava or something. I'm not sure. Might be the final But I remember saying, might be. I remember saying to him, um, which was like really an admission of defeat. Um, it wasn't me being like a complaining bitch about it. It was really an admission of defeat. I remember saying to him, I said, John, I, I literally don't know how to say these words. Like, I literally don't know how to make this work. And I, and I'm, and I'm really, I'm really confused. And, uh, and I remember John because he's such a wonderful guy and and a, and a really fantastic director is is he um, he very kindly he, he's got these very kind eyes John Scott and he he just sort of like shrugged a little bit and he said he said I I don't really know what to tell you John he's like the only thing I know to tell you is I'm I'm here with you and and we just got to get through it together <laughs> and <laughs> and, uh, and 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 there was something in the camaraderie of that that sort of just it it's just at that point internally and 
and I hope this doesn't sound too sour for you all or for your listeners, but like when you, you know, it's like you all talk about your reactions to the finale and I certainly had my reactions to the finale. There was just something in it. It's like we were all at that point, I think, I don't even know if the, I was gonna, what I was going to say is we were all so done, but it wasn't even that. Like, cause I, I loved Nip Tuck, man. Like I, like that was, that was a really special number of years of my life. And, and, and really talking with you guys tonight, it's brought back a lot of things, man, that I haven't thought about in a lot of years. Like my, my life is, is very, very different from, you know, I'm, I'm a different man, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm older now. It's like that, that was very much a chapter, you know, and, and I, I started that whole journey, you know, like I said, like, honestly, like having great hesitations about even being involved in the first place and really having no thoughts about it occupying, you know, really ultimately like close to seven years of my life. And, and, um, so to be there at that moment, it's, it's, it's like, um, To really acknowledge that something is done and not necessarily done because you've chosen it to be, but because it's like you've reached this arbitrary mark of like a hundred episodes and you're just like, okay, but, but maybe we should have stopped at 75, but Mm -hmm. we didn't, Mm -hmm. we kept it going till here, but, but now we're here and, and and by choices made and and by twists and turns taken like the the horse the horse is is dead hmm. and and let's let's quit beating it and like to to acknowledge that uh was really something because because you know 100 episodes didn't feel like a victory at that point it felt like it felt a little strange you know it felt a little a little exhausted and you know the irony of it is is that um in a heartbeat, I, I can't even believe I'm saying this. Like, like in a heartbeat, if by some weird twist of the universe, Ryan suddenly decided he wanted to somehow revisit like the life of Matt or like you know Nip Tuck as a whole, <laughs> like I would bizarrely probably be up for it. Like just because. I like even talking about it. Like you do, you do miss those people, man, and you miss the, you. You even miss the dysfunction of it. Like just even recalling John Scott's face in that moment when we were both just sort of like at the end of a road, you know, and like neither one of us really knowing the way forward. Like just knowing that we had to do it because it had to get done, and 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 um, you know, you you. You, you it's like family right you think about your family and you know absence makes the heart grow fonder and i i have not thought about that family well, in quite frankly many years it's um i mean it's the age the day and age isn't it john when it comes to to reboots and rejigs and everything along those lines and that was definitely one we were going to sort of bring i mean has it ever been discussed has it been whispered about or not that you know of i mean because I, I guess it's kind of one of these shows that I think they probably could bring back in some capacity, even if it is for just sort of like a, I don't know, a, a, a short run, I guess. No, no, it's, it's never been discussed. Like, like to my knowledge, nobody's ever spoken to me about it or, or, um, 
or said anything about about uh, coming back. And, you know, I wonder, although I have to say, obviously, I mean, he created the show. So if there's anybody to do it, it'd be Ryan. But but the, the thing that I'd be really fascinated to see is like, because kind of like what, what you all said at the beginning of this conversation is that at the time, it really pushed the envelope and was, you know, rather taboo and all of that good stuff. But my goodness, like today in today's landscape, it it's, um, I don't know. I mean, they would really have to they'd really have to dig deep to find something to make it. Cause you know, it's like nip tuck to people who watch the show. It, it stands out because it, it, it reminded them of, of that moment. And at that moment, it really, um, it really did, you know, it, sorry, my wife is literally knocking at the door right now. <laughs> um, so, uh, at that, at that, uh, you know, at that time, it's like people, you remember things in the past as they were then, right? So then it was really, you know, sort of boundary pushing and provocative and all of that good stuff. But if you took that and inserted it in today's environment, it wouldn't necessarily be so much. So yeah, yeah. I, I would be fascinated to see what Ryan and his team of writers would uh, would try to come up with to, to make Nip Tuck fit in today's world of television yeah i think it's you know it's, it's a really interesting concept with you know all these new shows that are sorry these old shows that are kind of rebooting themselves and you know the reboot is the thing of hollywood isn't it um whether it's, it's movies crazy or TV, right so. it's so mm, crazy yeah, i but, honestly i i'm i'm really really not a fan yeah <laughs> i'm, really I'm, I'm fan with you there the <laughs> yeah so, uh, so, um, John, I think there's, um, I mean, we've covered a lot of ground, but there's one thing I did want to ask you about, which is, and we do kind of joke about it when we're doing the recaps, is that um, the um, the ever invisible Annie who kind of comes and goes a little bit on the show. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it just it just cracks me up how like the show even starts to kind of parody itself in terms of you know making this joke about where's Annie, and you know, like we kind of laugh about it a lot. But you know, I mean, what was your relationship with her like, and you know, and um, did did you guys kind of find that funny as well on on the show that she kind of just oh drops in and as it's as it's convenient god are you kidding me it was like the one continual bright <laughs> ray of light throughout the, the the course of the show i mean that girl uh i mean it it was hilarious you know that was like the one thing like no matter how weird it got if somebody could just say so where's Annie? <laughs> it, <was> just like, <laughs> it would bring the room down because we had the same, like we, we would literally wonder the same things. We'd be like, what, what, like, didn't, didn't I have a sister? Like at some point, like, didn't you all have like another daughter? Where's that kid? And, and I, I always slightly suspected that what happened is that, um, you know, they just, suddenly realized like jesus christ this show is so not appropriate for a child like we just can't have <laughs> we just can't have a child on set i mean this is crazy and, I, and that, that's what i always slightly wondered and i mean it's like you know it's like the one episode that you know sort of really centered around her i mean you know she was like this little girl and like she got toxic shock syndrome from uh you know a tampon uh a tampon yeah and and it's like i think maybe that was the moment that they realized like okay yeah there's like this isn't really 
this isn't really good for this kid. That was, <laughs> the best bit that I absolutely love, and it's generally regarded as one of the worst episodes of Nip Tuck, but I just strangely love it. He's Connor McNamara 2026 when you're all in the future. Oh and then God. the, the oh girl whoever plays, like, I can't remember the actress's name who plays Grown Up Annie, how it's just so self reg Like, she's just basically saying, I'm always invisible, you're always forgetting about me, and she's, like, in therapy, <laughs> and she's just, like, it's just affected her so much. I just love that episode so much, and the fact that they actually take the piss out of it. <laughs> Oh, it's so perfect. It's so perfect. I really, uh, I'm with you on that. God, that episode was so bizarre, too. That was such a, I just remember, um, and I mean no disrespect to the man I'm about to reference, but I just remember uh, when they when they aged me up and gave me the glasses, I was just shocked to look in the mirror and think that I looked like, uh, do you all know who Dr. Drew is? Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, okay. Yep. Do you know who that is? Okay. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a, he's a he's a personality here who's also a doctor and I, I just don't know how well known he's he is outside of the United States and um, he's like a you know a television and uh, radio personality a fascinating guy and and brilliant guy but um, I was just shocked I was like holy fuck I look like Doctor Drew <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah it was just so such a bizarre episode to. Uh, to uh shoot like i yeah it's so weird it was just so weird yeah and annie i'm always invisible yep you are you don't exist yeah well i mean i i think we've covered like as i say heaps of ground i think we could probably talk to you like literally all day and um you know and still be going over this but if there's any other kind of like anecdotes or cool stories that you kind of wanted to bring out while you're here um then by all means lay them on us um sounds like we we may have kind of um, uncovered some memories for you, so you might want some time to think about it. And we'll have to get you on again to talk about them some more. But if there's anything else that's kind of jumping oh, out, oh man, you, I'm uh, yeah, I'll talk your all's head off anytime you want. Like I've I've really enjoyed this, and uh, you know it's been a it's been a, a nice break from the norm. You know it's funny. You know you put these things away. You know when you do them, you you just sort of do them, or at least me. You know I do them and they're done. And you know I've, I've sort of lived my life by chapters, I guess, and and. Uh, this is one that was that was closed a long time ago, and I, 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 it's been it's been really lovely revisiting with you with you guys, and and it and I and I really mean it sincerely when I say it's it's uh, it's it's very humbling that you all would take time out of your lives, uh, you know, not only to the, to talk to me personally, but but to um, but to also you know watch watch a you know re rewatch uh, Nip Tuck, you know, I mean I. I I feel pretty confident in saying that I think virtually every single person involved with that show would be humbled to know that, that you all have done this, you know, it's, it's super cool. And, um, and it's just bizarre too, man, because I'm telling you all like the, the comments that you make on the show mirror almost precisely, you know, the conversations that we had shooting the show. And it's, uh, it's, I mean, like I was, I was talking to my wife about it. I was like, I you can't hear these guys talk. It's like they were in the trailers with us. Like they're, they're, <laughs> we were, really... we were, John. I would just <laughs> tell you. It's all, it's all been a play. Uh, <laughs> well, good, good. <laughs> FX Spot. Are you, is this like, are you vetting me again? We are, we are here to Nip interview you about a potential reboot of Nip Tuck. Um, okay, we, are, we all work for FX. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's been, it's been a, an absolute blast for me. And yeah, so, I, I mean, same back to you you know thanks for your time it's, it's been really awesome to talk to you and uh, i hope we can um get you back on again at some point uh, maybe when we've wrapped the whole thing up and and um yeah maybe talk talk some more because it's just been yeah a real blast 
Well, thanks. I mean, likewise, I've had a really good time. And anytime, man, just let me know. I'd be more than happy to come on here. And like I said, you'll hopefully, hopefully not run my mouth too much to where you got to shut me up. And once again, we do say a massive thank you to John for joining us. It's such a fun chat and uh, definitely still so much more we can chat to him about. And, of course, we'll get him back on again in the future, no doubt, to try and chat to him about things and uh, move forward as we continue our NipTuck coverage. And I hope you really are enjoying our NipTuck coverage because we're very much enjoying bringing it to you. It's a fantastic TV show, one that I uh, highly recommend anybody out there who's never seen it to go and get it or if you haven't watched it since it was on, just just get it. It's, it still holds up and it's fantastic and it's just so good, so damn addicting and such a great show to be able to watch and now that you've heard everything that uh john's got to say you'll uh, get a bit more of an insight to, to match and everything along the lines there we do have some other ones lined up hopefully that we can get to and we will uh put more details about that when we do get them along the way so stay tuned and of course outside our nip tuck coverage we also got some great interviews lined up too when it comes to our third watch coverage uh so stay tuned for that as always uh we'll put them out on our social media pages for you to enjoy but we appreciate you listening to this episode today and we hope you enjoyed it my name is Bean Ben thanks to John thanks to Nick of course for uh, being on this episode as well and we'll speak to you next time on the Oz Network thank you for listening to the Oz Network don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week for more information hit us up at theoznetwork.net <laughs>